Welcome to the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. Whitney, it was a struggle. And I know I put up a fight. I don't know how you got into the house, but you did begrudgingly get me away from the television as I was watching another masterpiece being created by Bob Ross. Well, and I'm sorry. Number one, I apologize because I, I, that, I, I, it I, does I dr- not help. I drug you to this from that. Okay. The apology and, is not accepted. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Ross is that good. Huh? Yes. I'm yes. still, <laughs> I'm still enthralled. Uh, I, I know. And you know something, I, I'll say this. If you don't it, know what we're talking about, you guys uh, listen to the last show. Listen to the last show. All of the last show. Yeah. 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 Especially to the end. Um, we're, we're all the, we're all the good outtakes are. <laughs> But uh, I had uh, I had a little bit of feedback on Bob Ross on Twitter. We'll get into that okay. in just a minute, in, in, in just a bit, you know, at the proper spot in the show. But I read the feedback and it just put a smile on my face <laughs> because it's like, you know, something they get it. <laughs> they understand. They understand the appeal. They get it. Oh, yeah. 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 It, it, connoisseur is appreciated. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so welcome to the Broken Token Classic Gaming Podcast. This is oh my gosh! We did we decide this was February? This is twenty twenty one. Whitney, February twenty twenty one. At the time of this recording, this is episode ninety seven. <laughs> time on, of this recording, yeah, we're on the we're on the number one hundred countdown. Okay, so if when, I could, this at the time it's ninety seven, but when it comes out, it could be ninety three. It could be. Yeah, <laughs> we don't know. It's it's hard to say. I don't it's, know how that works. It's, it's always it's always a toss up. When I see it published and it it has all the info in it that I typed in it, I'm like, whoo, okay, thank goodness we're good to go well speaking of the episode number something to address right at the top is let me do the math here so this is 97 this is 97 96 you and i were together uh that is correct 95 was my solo episode Uh, yes and then 94 we uh had a contest we you know i started to amass a prize closet Yeah, that and was all the way back in October. Yes, it was. When we had the contest. So we nerfed it by accident. There's no doubt. Yes, yeah. we. You, I think I addressed it on 95 that we were going to announce a winner at 96. Yeah. Whitney and I got so jazzed about 96 that we completely forgot. Yeah. So yeah. when we get into the feedback section uh, of the show, we will take care of that. Yes, we will. We will announce the winner. Yes, we will. Um, and I don't know if we'll do a contest this month. We haven't got that far along. I mean, I'm I'm still upset about the Bob Ross thing. I'm trying to get over that. But the prize closet is chocked full and has grown yeah. since October. Well, I more have, will come. More more will be on the way. And I've got some stuff that I need to collect on my side to add into the giveaways and. Uh, hey, let's look at it this way. If if there's not one this month uh, or even next month, that's okay because we're we're going to do a lead up to a few a few giveaways for episode 100. So we're we're going to try to make that one nice and special. So. So when you want me to slide into what I've had going on, I've got a few surprises for you. I, I would really appreciate it. I've got a few surprises as well. <laughs> oh, do you? Okay. Yes, yes. I actually I actually went on a uh, went on a little get this 
morning. Oh, okay? wow. This, I had to get up early to do oh, it. Oh, my I gosh. Get up real see, early. And, uh, see, I'm scrolling down the show notes. No, now. no, 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 don't, there, no, no, don't do that. Oh, don't do it's, that. is it in there? It's in there. Okay, Just don't right. do that. Okay. Uh, we, we did it even before uh, you know, we got everybody to school and everything. I mean, this was an early morning run. Okay? Oh, wow. But it was okay. well worth it. Okay. Now, just, I mean, you don't have to give it away, but was this a follow-up on something I knew about? Or yes, yes, Okay, okay, all right, good. Yes, it took a long while to come full circle but it did come full circle. Remember, okay, oh, good, good, yeah. good, good. Yeah, yeah, Excited. Yeah, because yeah, I am. I'm, I'm pretty jazzed to talk about it. So, <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Yes. Okay, so for, on my side, game room-wise, if you can tell, Whitney, this place is a lot neater than it was. Oh, there's no doubt about it. Yes. And, and for everybody who can't see it, it's a lot neater than it was. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I have I have belabored the point of just going through stuff, and I I have gotten to just having been over it. So I drew a line and I decided that, uh, by the, by the way, if I sound kind of rough, I don't know how I sound to you, Whitney, we are coming out of a sweet, a, sweet as velvet, buddy. Sweet as velvet. Like I, yeah. like I should be in a blues club. Oh I, yeah. I mean, you're, you're doing fine. Uh, we are just coming out of a good two weeks of like rough weather mm. and a week of that. We, uh, we had quite a bit of snow. We had some ice storms, and uh, many nights were in the teens, and then several nights were in the single digits. And then all of a sudden, we turn a corner, and within, I don't know, Whitney, what, 24 hours, it's 60 degrees. Uh, yeah, yeah, 24 to 48, no doubt. Oh, my gosh. I mean, so, it, it melted almost eight inches of snow yep. at my house in probably two days. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, yeah. 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 I've, I've got just a little, I've got a couple mounds left from where I'd actually been plowing my driveway. And that is affecting all of us in that now, now that it's warm and damp, all the mold is growing. Yeah. And I feel like I am inhaling dust. So I apologize right now if there's a cough somewhere in this show. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, Whitney, I just went through here. And if you notice, too, I actually even dusted the pins. And I'm just sitting here looking. I dusted all the monitor, yeah, the bezels. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just, I, I just was over it. I carted the, the tables that I had set up down here. Man, those are I don't know if you got a good look at those, Whitney. They are, it's like moving a pole position. They are not light. Yeah, exactly. They are old school steel, yeah. heavy plywood, and uh, it was not fun. But yeah. I, I just, I had to have it all out of here. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I mean, yeah, they, those look like tables you would find at a, uh, uh, let's say a, a Ruiton club, a rural Ruiton club, or a, let's say a county fair. Yeah hall okay yeah. like a like a exposition hall or something like they bought them in 1969 uh-huh. and they were they they will they will be here along with cockroaches after a nuclear hall that's exactly yes. right and they sure as heck will not tip over even no, if three no. people hit them at once i so, think they actually had their own gravitational pull actually I'm, I'm sure i'm sure they were stout let's put it that way it's one of those tables where you you can move it by yourself, but you wonder after you did it if you should have done it. Oh, it was yeah. yeah. I actually I didn't even carry them to the garage. I begrudgingly took them out of the basement and then put them right on the back of my truck just to drive them down my driveway because <laughs> I was like, oh no, it's no. like I'm done. Smarter, not harder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Game wise, everything is still super double broken, and I, I did. I had high speed open last month, and I'll talk about that because I've got some follow up on the whole rotten dog scenario. 
Uh, yeah, I saw saw that in the show notes. I was kind of curious. So I I, I read the Pinside. You sh- you shot me a link to a Pinside th- or thread on oh, Pinside. Yes, you did a thread on Pinside that was talking about uh the, where where is Rotten Dog? Where are they at? What's the follow up to them? Oh as, yeah, to okay. The, to them as a company, now. them yeah. as a company, or them as a product. I thought it was a pretty interesting thread. I, we can link it in the show notes because I don't think I had it in the show notes for last month. It was quite it was quite a read because it was uh, sometimes emotional, sometimes uh, fact filled, sometimes mm-hmm. not. And in, in, I'm kind of curious as to where you went, where, what you found on that. Well, the the stuff that I would bring up is just what I how I zeroed in on what was going on with the board I had, uh-huh. not, not as the company as a whole. Oh, so you've not found anything no, else no, about I, like I, mar- I their, market, no. their market position no. or, Oh, okay. I, gotcha. Okay. I, I made a couple uh, comments about, you know, uh, support for various types of chips on the factory boards and not know and, and I got some, some more information on that. And then just actually what, what was the problem? Some of it was self-made, um, by, um, but not by me. That's a, that's a story. Some of it was self-made outside of rotten dog. And some of it was definitely a rotten dog thing. You know, the, the multiple issues that was going on with that particular board. And so, yeah, I've got updates on all that in the, in in the latter part of the show. So uh, I closed up high speed. And one thing I did fix is while I was testing it, I did find that I had a, you know, a dead pop bumper. So, uh, I kind of spiffed that up a little switch <laughs> adjustment. That's one less thing. That's one thing off the list that I didn't know was on the list. There you go. Nonetheless, it's taken care of. Yeah. And, um, and like I said, man, I just, I I've gotten to the point where I, I've, I've put a little time into some stuff down here and yeah, also kind of even, you know, game related out in the garage. Cause I've got quite a few things out there that, you know, one thing in particular, and I know you're interested in this and we're going to get this, we're going to get together on this is I've got a game called Bandito. Oh yeah. And tell, tell everybody what that is. So Bandito is, um, it's the U S release version of what everybody would probably, probably more closely recognize as Nintendo Sheriff. Yeah. Okay. And it was, it was like a straight up license by Exidy, uh-huh. wasn't it? Yeah. Ex- Sega, Sega and Exidy. Yeah. So, um, cause the cabs got Exidy all over. Yeah. It. Yeah. Exactly. And so there is, um, there, there is a uh, a really, really uh, nice Facebook group. I, I, Facebook group. I think it's the Nintendo Sheriff and Bandito Owners Group or something like that. And um, I had no idea, but this doesn't surprise yeah, me. Yeah. Oh, there, there is, and uh, have to go look it up and, and hop in and join. But yeah, it's it's a great game, and uh, I, I think I think where I developed, well, I know where I developed an affinity towards this is when uh, I was in the UK when uh, when me and my family were in the UK. Or, I'm sorry, my family and I was in the UK uh, at uh, Alex Crowley at uh, Alex Crowley's house, and you know we were going through. Um, you know, his collection and he's got just the most beautiful, beautiful upright Nintendo sheriff and got to play it quite a bit. And it is just a fun, fun game. It's great. It's so simple, but it is, you're not, you're not helping me here, Whitney. It, my, intention, yeah. my intention, my intention was, bad. I'm talking myself out of a deal. I, I this was to, to make this <laughs> land at your house. <laughs> I, get, I get it. I get and it. And now, <laughs> 
now, Whitney, this is becoming difficult. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll, let's put it this way. Uh, it's a terrible game. It's yeah. the worst. I'll take it off. You know what? That's I'll not, take it off your it's hands. It's not even worth converting it to a 60 and one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, it, it is it is a real fun game. It's pretty slow paced at the beginning, but it's just got a lot of charm. And it's just one of those. It's just one of those early, early Nintendo arcade games. But it's it's great. So, yeah, I, you know, going through stuff, I, I've, I've got like this. I think it's a row of three wide of cabs that's kind of out in the right side floor of my pole barn. Uh-huh. And it's and I say pole barn. I mean it's it's concrete floor. It's all closed. It's insulated. All that fun stuff. It's yeah. not like it's a dirt floor. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, it's just it's bigger project type games. And I've had this kind of sitting in the middle of all that for a long time. And, and like I said, just going out there, working through things and, and reorganizing and making decisions. It's just like, OK, well, let's go and get this out. I know that it, it ha- you have an affinity for it because of the tie to the Nintendo side. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, oh, I, yeah, could, yeah. I could use the space and uh, it's out. That's one of the things that I've kind of, like I said, got knocked out here recently. And you and I are going to get together on that. And yeah, looking forward to that. Well, you know, while I was out there, you know, speaking of that stand, it's almost it's uh, is that a proper term? You know, like a stand of trees, you know, that stand of games, that grouping (laughs) of games, that herd of games that I had to sit back at some point and look across the garage and just ask myself this super deep very philosophical question. And that question is, is, it's just how many cardboard boxes does one person need? You, and you don't even know how much cardboard <laughs> I haul away at my house every week for, to recycling. But yes, I'm sorry. I should not have, uh, should not have, oh. yeah, shouldn't have said so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. It, shouldn't, shouldn't have it, interrupted. Sorry. Well, what this comes from is, I, I I realized I've like I've got so many cardboard boxes. If um if I wanted to ship something, if there was a time when you know years ago when I might sell a PCB, and, and I just haven't had time to really kind of address that like one on one sales either through Facebook or eBay or whatever. And so I, I'd keep not pizza boxes, but boxes that are that are. Uh, of an of a longer xy dimension with a little z you know something that would fit a rectangular or square pcb yeah you know and and that i could use to ship it i have an inordinate number of fruit crates and you know people i don't know if it's this is a thing even outside of the u.s but if you get bananas or uh, I guess peaches. Mostly, you see them in U.S. stores. The banana crates, the banana boxes. Oh yeah, they're real heavy cardboard. And the if anybody's ever seen me packing and unpacking at Louisville Arcade Expo, I have these things everywhere. <laughs> they're super heavy cardboard. Imagine imagine a storage tote, yeah, but out of cardboard. Yeah, and then the top is like the bottom, but upside down and a little bigger, so it completely slides over the bottom. And then that means the sides are double walled. They're really sturdy and they're a regular size. And I, I had access to get get several a week forever. And what I ended up with is just this huge number of these things. They're great for storage. Like I've got pinball parts in a bunch of them. Heavy, regular size, easy to put on a easy to put on a rack. Mm-hmm. I had these things everywhere. Yeah. And it just so 
I, as I was going through these games, these were all piled on top of these games. Cause like, where are you going to keep your cardboard boxes, you know, on top of your games? Yeah. Oh yeah. So I started pulling <laughs> all that stuff down. I had a big box, uh, for, for something I had ordered, actually it was a, a set of bins that I'd ordered and it come in this huge ginormous box that's setting out in my garage and that's become the catch all for all this cardboard. It, I'm going to do what you did, Whitney. It's all going to go to the recycle center. Oh you know, yeah. I've got a bunch yeah. of, oh, yeah. I got a bunch of stuff, but I was just, I just sat there and I was like, I, I'm just, I'm just done with all this. Yeah. This is all, this is all got to go. Yeah. I'll keep a third, I'll keep a fifth of it to cover my bases, to have, a you know, some boxes to ship some stuff in and all the rest of this junk's got to go. Um, while I was out there, you know, I, I mentioned those racks and I've been pulling stuff out of those and just generally organizing. And then it got me to the second philosophical question that I had to contemplate for a while. And I've yet to address this. I'm still, I'm still kind of needling myself back and forth on it. And that question is, is, just how many VGA computer monitors does one person need? Now, hold on now. Hold on. I say that because okay. don't, don't don't dispose of those because you know that they are a pretty penny. I here. know. And this brings I, me back to the all the PC parts that I have. Exactly. And, and, okay, I'm not making this any easier on you because I know it's a conundrum. And no, you're I know, not. You're talking and, me out of a deal with you, and you're making me keep crap. So this is, <laughs> this is just not... Well, you got to find a way to sell it. 97's <laughs> rough episode. It, 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 so, so far, you've got to find a way to sell it. And I'm sure... Man, dude, there's... You, we were talking about this before we hit the record button. There's a couple Facebook CRT Facebook groups yep. where I think you would you would easily find your buyer. The problem you're going to have is packing those things and getting, and, and getting them there. Yeah, so it's like you've you've got a I mean you've got a pile of one hundred dollar bills sitting there just mm-hmm. waiting to be had, but it's going to be painful to get to it because you've got to pack each one of those monitors up to the point to where they survive shipment. You know, I've Ugh. got this. I've got this later in the show notes and. Now's a good time to maybe bring this up. I'm still sold on this idea of a uh, like a coin op swap meet, and it's just the world returning to less silly, honestly, and people be and people feeling comfortable getting out and doing their thing, and that would be a, a venue where I might take something like that as well advertise it out to a group like that. Cause in those, in those CRT groups is where you've also got, um, you've got arcade people in those groups too. You've got computer people in those groups and there's, there's some crossover with some of this stuff. Oh yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There, yes, there's no doubt about it. But I think you can find your buyer. It's just going to be main. You're just going to do some work to get there. I must, yeah. I must have eight or 10 of these things. Oh, that's setting that's, out there. And there's awesome. a Sony Trinitron out there too. Oh, nice. And I mean, it, there's some nice stuff out there and it's just, I don't know. I figure I'm, something. I'm going to ask you about the model number on that Trinitron. Okay, we'll, we'll do we'll do that off air. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> I'll yeah. trade you a Bandito for it. <laughs> I'll trade you back. I, I, hear, I hear that Bandito is a cool game. Yeah. <laughs> I'll trade. I'll trade you back on my own stuff. How about that? <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, so um, yeah, I'm just. 
I keep belaboring this point. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm kind of over the, the going through stuff and I'm going to jump back into games here. You know, I want to, I, I can knock out the Ghostbusters pretty quick. The, the things that they're, uh, you know, and honestly, I've got, uh, on my episode one, the lightsaber. Yeah. My nephew had, it was getting rid of some toys and they were, Action figures like little R2D2s. Oh, yeah. And they're, they're, they were actually pretty nicely detailed. And there's a, a Darth Maul with lightsaber. It's all stuff of this vintage. And they they look pretty darn good. They're actually in this little bo- this Reebok box under here. So I'm thinking I might actually add a few little pieces, tasteful pieces, and kind of some mods here and there. Which brings me to something else. Turn around there and open up Tempest. He didn't see this coming. Are we doing this now? We're doing this now. Oh, sweet. <laughs> you didn't you know there was anything unless you looked earlier. I, I, no, 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 no. I, let's put it this way. My mother always taught me, don't be presumptuous, okay? <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not going to roll in and like rattle through stuff or anything. <laughs> he's he's going to wait till I'm upstairs. So in in going through some, some additional stuff, I found this. <laughs> so tell everybody what oh, that is oh, and this, why do you think I gave it to you? Oh, this is awesome. What this is, is this is a, uh, still sealed, this is a uh, Hot Wheels City, and it is the Batman 66 Batmobile right. as a Hot Wheel. And uh, Brent, I will find a place for that with my Batman 66 so let, pinball machine. Let me tell it's you, awesome. Let me tell you what I've already done. Oh, Okay. Um, I took a look at Playfield pictures online Uh and knowing that Stern tends to get toys. Oh, yeah. I mean, actual toys Mm -hmm. like Mustang. They they got with Ertl or whoever it was. Ertl, man, that's... When's the last time you, you ever heard used the word word Ertl in in like (laughs) normal stuff? Oh, they made some really cool stuff. It's just... How could they have been sitting around and said, "Okay, we need to name this company"? And some other guy over at the corner, well, of the it's probably got table goes, goes oh, "We'll name it after after my grandpa, Ertle." You know, so and I'm like, "Ertle, really, Ertle? Okay, all right, sorry, yeah. we'll go with that. We'll go, we'll go with Ertle. Ertle, it is. You know, it's like okay. So, like, well, to circle back, Mustang. The, if you look at the 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 plate where the Mustang in the middle of it screws to, mm-hmm. there's if I recall, there's like two different bolt patterns because they were getting Mustang models from two different companies, so they made the little bracket to fit one car or the other, whichever one they had in in stock that yeah, day. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Lord of the Rings. That's the same. That's a the thing. There's variations of Lord of the Rings. That's basically what toys they couldn't get when they run <laughs> the game down the line, and what's stuck on the game everywhere yeah. through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, when I pulled that Hot Wheel out of a box that I had, I had a box with, um, it was like Hot Wheels. It was like Herbie. Uh-huh. And there was a run in the vintage the, the love bug. The love bug. The love bug. Oh, oh, I love that movie. Oh, my gosh, yes. It used to freak me out because I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, how, how can a car... How can a car be alive and it not bother everybody around the car? <laughs> and it's like, does the car ever die? What happens to the car? How did the car? Yeah, I, I, it's just weird. I never, I never, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, it's it's a bit disturbing because Herbie, Herbie doesn't. No one is bothered by Herbie, even though Herbie's cute and Herbie's personable and all of that. It's just that. It's just weird, you know. It's just weird. You make me think of a movie, of a not a movie. Um, there's a cartoon, and actually, I 
I remember it as a child. Oh, are you talking about Turbo Team? No. Oh. And I got it. Uh, I've that got was it. A, that was weird too, man. I'm gonna have to look that up. Oh, that he, that name would, sounds familiar. He would change into the car and his like his oh, oh and his and like his face would remember, stretch out to the grill that. and all that. That it's is like freaky. When, it's like when he would get hot, he would turn into the car. And then when he would get cold, he would turn back to a human. You'd see his hands deform into the into the tires and everything. Yeah, oh, it's just uh, I remember that now, weird, dude. I, I watched that maybe two times and I was like, I'm, I'm done, done with it because I can't stand to watch the transformation sequence. It's just no, I'm not doing that. I so, do remember that. Sorry. Well, bad. there was a cartoon when I was younger, and by the time that I saw it, I'm sure it, it was probably out of the, the 60s. So it was massively rerun. I'm pretty sure it's in the public domain now. I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube. But it was about a car, a little blue convertible, and the car's name was Susie. And I can't remember the name of the... Uh, I'm sure I, if you're not Googling it and finding it, but it was I, like, I'm it not, was the I'm life. Not, I'm not seeing it. It was the life of this little car. And it, what, what is it when you, when you put like human characteristics on an inanimate object, uh, uh amorphism or I, hopefully that I, word, I think that's it. Hopefully that word I isn't think, something bad that I shouldn't yeah. have said on the show. Let, let me, let me go, let me go look that up. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll, so that we'll sound smarter. Than I, have we just, are. I have to go yeah. back and cut it out, but it was the life. So this car, it, it was it was like narrated as like the the movie a christmas story and it was a guy had personification personification that, that's, that's okay. what that's called now i did have to go look it up i'm it, not sure what, what what random word i just used but i got I it's personification were, i think you were close <laughs> close enough for us fair enough yeah, yeah. And, and, but that was that i really liked i remember the cartoon as a kid and i always liked the cartoon but i've there's a so the car is new and it gets bought by a gentleman who just falls in love with the car and he drives it, <laughs> but it gets quickly to the point in the cartoon, you know, cause it's not a 45 minute cartoon. It's a few minute cartoon where it, the car ages and gets in disrepair and it gets sold and it's, you know, it's sitting out in front of a little, uh, a little nightclub and a guy comes out and climbs into it. And, you know, he's kind of heavy set and the car goes and wrenches over and it's backfiring and the top's torn. And as a child, my heart is like broke for this little car, you yeah, know, this yeah. little cartoon car. And then it eventually is sitting there and it's Susie's face is the grill. Oh, this, this whole, sh this, this podcast is taking a turn. Yeah. Wendy. Yeah. What happened here? Just pull it back. That's yeah. all I can say. Just get there, detour, come but on back. There is okay. a happy ending. Okay. He, Susie is in a salvage yard and it's just like, she's about ready just to, I guess, pass away, you know, and a young kid comes and gets Susie and takes Susie into a garage we don't address the fact that Susie's arms are ripped off when oh. when he takes her fenders off and makes oh. a hot rod out of her. Oh my god! But she comes out all jazzed and she's doo -doo -doo, you know running down the road doing her thing because she's got a second life. I see. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I remember there's a there's a there's a there's also a uh, I think it's called the Little Toaster. It's a very similar story, but it they put human characteristics on appliances, and there's a scene where like the the shop owner reaches in and gets a blender that's like the toaster's buddy and he's parting the blender out and the next thing you see is him putting the motor in a, and i'm like <gasps> oh, oh that's it's damaging is what you know, it is it's, it's, yeah. i survived but yeah. now, <laughs> anyway so i looked at pictures of that 
of your, the play field of your game online. And I am 99% sure that the car that's on the carousel is that Hot Wheel. Okay. Not that Hot Wheel. That Hot Wheel, if you look at it, it's got pinstripes. It it's does. It's really good. stylized. Yeah, it's got it's got silver pinstripes where it's where it would normally not have been. Right. Yeah. And if you look at the car on your game, I am ninety nine percent sure it's just another version of that Hot Wheel because the the little dome, the windshield, and the dome, uh-huh. it looks exactly the same. The little like rocket launcher exhaust things out of the back, the casting looks the same. Yeah. Okay. And the wheels on the picture I saw, they're they're straight up. Hot Wheels wheels. Oh, right on. So, so, okay. Well, thank you. I'm going to, I will take this home and take a look. Um, you know, I have developed a new appreciation for that show. Uh, I, I want to give a shout out to uh, David Corrigan, a uh, good, good friend of the show, a friend of ours as well. Well, speak for yourself. Fair enough. I, I will. <laughs> <laughs> My good friend, David Corrigan. How about that? Uh, he clued me into Prince over here laughing. He, he, he always got to play the yin to the yang, man. Uh, he clued me in that uh batman 66 was re-released on blu-ray in high definition oh wow and, and I, I bet and, that's bright and it's so it's extremely bright i mean there's a lot of purple going on okay <laughs> a lot of purple and red and blue going on there um and some yellow but anyway um i got that i don't know how much bam i could take <laughs> There's, there, there's a lot of high def bam there. <laughs> it, you know something? I, I didn't realize. Hold on. I need to complete my first sentence before I go into a second one. I found it on eBay, ordered it in, got it in, uh, watched it. The family and I watched a few episodes. And you know something, Brent? It looks really good on Blu-ray. The, the colors are just very vibrant. It's, oh, it's, I could imagine. It, it, sure it, looks, it looks beautiful. It really does. Here's something that I did not realize about that show. Uh, Cesar Romero, who plays the Joker in that show, was, uh, and I had to go look this up because I noticed it in watching the episodes. He has a mustache. Yep. The entire time. Yeah, he would not shave but, his mustache. Yes, and I went back and read that. I didn't realize that, but I couldn't see that in you know, when I was watching as a kid or I never noticed it. But going back and watching the Blu-ray, um, the Blu-ray edition, I'm looking at that. I'm like, what? Hold on, he's got a mustache yeah, under that makeup. That was his deal. He wouldn't shave it. Yeah, and so I went back and started reading about that. And there's like, it's like internet lore talking about Cesar Romero's mustache and how he loved his mustache and he would not shave his mustache even for that role. So they powdered over it every single time. Yep. I had no idea, but I could see it in in, in, the, the, <laughs> in the Blu-ray rips. I'm like. What's what's up? That's a high def uh, made up mustache. Yeah, it's like, did he just not shave? And then I'd see it again and again. I'm like, no, no, no. He's got a mustache underneath that makeup. It completely took me. I I had no idea. So what amazes me is is I know good quality film. (laughs) You learn something new every day. And I don't even know why I knew that. Yeah. Um, I I know that they're supposedly, uh, it may be different now. But there's not really a match for like the color depth in which you can get from film versus digital. Mm-hmm. And that that may be a thing that of the past here in 20 February, we decided yeah, it was maybe, February. Maybe with HDR yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, I, we decided it was February yeah. 2021. So that yeah. might be a thing of the past now. And, and, and check your phone, make sure it's still February 2021. It, it, it is for a little while longer anyway. But if you used good quality film... The, the color and, and stored it properly, the color vibrance, 
all that stayed. And if you think about what Batman 66 was, it it, kind of came and went Uh and then it got a cult following kind of later. Yeah. I'm kind of shocked that, you know, what, Maybe maybe it was standard for the production company to use whatever high quality film, but yeah. I'm kind of shocked that it just stayed around for them to be able to remaster it. Yeah, it, it, yeah. You know? I, I agree because the episodes are there and they're they're good. Now they're they're grainy. Okay, you can tell that it's film. Yeah, and it's 1960, you know, mid 60s film. You can tell that. But the color's good. the the um, The presentation's good. It just it looks like a more modern take on on the kind of washed out colors that you remember from, you know, the eighties as, as a kid watching this and reruns and everything like that. So uh, anyway, I say all of that because uh, I highly recommend it. If you're a fan of the series, which I have definitely developed a new appreciation for it, the, the Blu-ray remasters are they're They're brilliant. So anyway, didn't mean to sidetrack no, okay. that, but thank you for the hot wheel. I will go home so, and, uh, and I'll, I'll definitely look at that. Yeah. Hopefully that is, I, you know, honestly, they probably just got with who who makes Hot Wheels. Is it Mattel? I think it's Mattel. I think it so. It should say on the back. Isn't it Mattel? I don't. They probably, yes, it is. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I thought, man, it's always been Mattel, but maybe it's not anymore. That's uh, the reason why I said, reason why I questioned myself. You know, they probably just got with either them directly. I, I You know, Mattel's big enough. Maybe they got with a third party and just said, I need, how many, how many Batman 66 is it? I mean, it's not like they made a bajillion of them and there wasn't no. there wasn't pros so no there's you know, never a pro they probably they might have even gone third party and just got a hold of however many of those they could yeah so I, I don't know if though you might already have that stylized car because that was what they took out of the package or if none of regardless either either you've got what you've already got and you got a spare uh-huh. or you got one that's a little bit more decked out than what you've got and it should go right on your game yeah that no that's awesome that's awesome and it's such a good game too i'll, I'll say that i i definitely i definitely love the spirit of that game but uh I, it's funny playing that game actually made me love the tv series a bit more and watching the tv series made the game more fun so it's <laughs> it was just kind of weird that way but yeah no that's cool man thank you so much i, I appreciate that I, I never really would have pegged myself for a. It's a fun for, game. For, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, yes, it's definitely a fun game. But I, I, I mean, I, I like my superheroes serious. Okay, like I mean, I, oh. I, lo- I love the Marvel. I love the <laughs> yeah. MCU, and I love my superheroes with gravitas. Adam okay? West took Adam West was a took that character serious. He, I mean, he, he did. He did. And I, I think that because I just never revisited it until. Um, until recently that I had in my head that it was not as good as it actually turned out to be watching it all over again. And I, again, I I have developed a new appreciation for the show. It's not, it is what it is as a period piece, but it's still good. Yeah. I'll I'll say it that way. So I just put a, a link in the show notes and that cartoon was actually a Disney cartoon. Oh. From 1952. Oh, how about that? Susie the Little Blue Coop. Okay. So it's on YouTube. I, you know, go out there and check it out. Like I said, I um, I remember it from... Uh, uh, there it is. From being yeah. a child. And uh, um, I actually had, uh, had found that when I was setting the cartoon theater up years ago. Interesting. And um, yeah, it's just... I it, As a child, it was just kind of... 
it was it was a little bit like <laughs> like well, you know I guess if you think about all the Disney movies, I mean Bambi's mom died. Spoiler yeah, alert. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> Let's just <laughs> yeah. Anyway, oh oh I, yeah, I'm watching it now. I mean, it's it's a, you know something, you can watch this and you can see where the incre- like where cars. The, the Pixar, the, the Pixar film Cars, where they kind of got their stylization for the cars. Mm-hmm. It, it comes from, it, you can see it comes from this the way the eyes are done with the windshield and everything like that. Oh yeah, that yeah. does make sense. Yeah. Maybe there How was a little that? influence Man, here. Man, that's, that is, that's wild. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Sorry. Didn't mean to, uh, the brave uh, little toaster was the one that was like the, uh, the toaster equivalent. Okay. The brave little toaster. I'll have to look that one up too. Cause I've definitely not seen that. All right, so I did not mean to derail you off the show. Notes. Oh, that's my so easy. Po- my to do. apologies. Yeah. So the other, one of the things uh, I've done down here too is uh, I talked about this forever uh, and a day ago. You actually picked up for me on, on a trip before COVID a um, a glass display cabinet from oh, yeah. IKEA. From IKEA, yeah. Right. Yep. So intention initially, not intentionally. Initially, I wanted to use this to put RC cars in, and I come to find out that not many RC cars will actually fit in it. And what, what I realized after having gotten it and assembled it is, is that a lot of people weren't putting the sides in it. Okay. So that, Oh yeah. It was more of like a rack. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Or they were putting two or three side by side and they'd only put this, the, the, they put the glass in the ends. So basically you had all the the shelf space of three of these wide and they would just like that. That's, that's how cars would fit in them. It, it, there's, there's a very few cars that would fit in them individually. So I ended up putting it down here in, in the, the game room. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think I, I had a car in it. One, one, Tamiya that fit in it. There is a Kishiro car that I had as a child. I don't have my original one, but I've got a couple of them now. Yeah. And and if they it fits when I when I rebuild one, I may actually put it in there. So th- it'll change regardless. But what I finally broke down and did after having actually had it for forever. And th- by the way, this is a I, I'm going to tr- you know how IKEA's with names. Deltoff. Yes. D e t o l f. Yeah. It's a Deltoff glass display case. And wh- what I wanted to do was put LEDs in it. And okay. I ended up finally doing that. So uh, here, Whitney, I'm going to turn it on. You can you can see it in all of its glory. Oh, so, I, oh this this will be exciting. I, and I will say it, this. Exciting might be a stretch. Okay, fair enough. It, well, it, it will be nice. How about that? What I've come to realize, though, is that Ikea makes like, oh, yeah, that is nice, man. I'm going to have to take a picture of that if you don't mind. And uh, I'll put that up on Twitter. That's pretty sweet. I will say that. IKEA makes really good furniture for hobby for hobbies. Yes, I, they, yeah, they do. I'd say that. Yeah, their their bookcases are spot on for like uh, for like boxed video game uh, box video game cartridges and things like that. Their spot their bookcases are great for uh, well books and, <laughs> and, and other things. So imagine that. yeah, imagine that. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of Ikea when it comes to that. Yeah. So what I ended up doing is... If I'm going to take a picture of that right take now. Take a picture. Actually. So yeah. right now, it's full of just old toys. And Whitney, about 95, 96% of what's in there is stuff that was mine growing up. So like the the top shelf right now has a Mickey Mouse 
Bell Systems phone on it. And that yeah, was the that, phone. That's neat. My mom worked for uh, Bell South and AT, then eventually AT and T. Oh, okay. And that okay. was actually my room phone. That very phone. <laughs> oh, that's cool. It's dated. It's like I'd have to look at the bottom again, like nineteen seventy six or seventy seven, something like that. Dude, who knows what that thing's worth? That was actually my phone for for years. Yeah. That was in in my room. And I'm gonna have to get another picture of that. That's that's pretty sweet. So yeah, that, that's one of those like, well, you had a, your own phone. And <laughs> my mom worked for the phone company, so yeah. I mean, I had Tonka toys that were AT and T themed. I yeah. still have those. Yeah, no, that's, like little play sets and yeah. Um, so she she got Brittany had the classic '80s. My sister had the classic '80s, like neon, pho- the clear phone that would. Uh, when it rang, it would like light up in neon. Oh yeah! I, oh my gosh! I wish we still had that. Yeah, that's that's but cool. When I was younger, that was my actual phone. Yeah, and that's neat. There's a there's a Dungeons and Dragons module in there. Yeah, I see that. There's uh, several cars that like either wind up cars or there's a series of stompers in there that were my original stomp. Do you know how much stompers go for these days? Uh, yes. It, it's, it, it, it's shameful it's how much they go dumb. for. It's dumb how much stompers go for. And I will say this, um, <laughs> I have a love for stompers that uh, is probably a, a bit unnatural because my brother and I played with those things oh, for, did you? Yep. for months and months and months and months. And we would buy those and buy those and buy those. And Brent, I, I, I don't know why, but I never got tired of playing with those things. Oh, I loved them. I loved yeah. them. And now, of course, we don't have them. I, I don't, whether we blew them up, flipped them over too many times, dropped them off, you know, run them, run them into a pond or whatever. They never survived us, but I fondly remember my time with my stompers. I, I would love to buy some more, but I've looked at them on eBay and it's like, I can't do that. So I, I've actually got uh, a few more than what's in that case. Yeah, cool. And out of out of curiosity, I was like, well, let me just go see. Maybe that's something I could I could get a few more and and kind of pepper around here. And yeah, there, cause yeah, they're yeah. Small because they're small and they're just cool. They're just oh yeah the 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 I just love the them. detail on them is was if if anybody hasn't seen these these were little trucks and then they had military vehicles and eventually they kind of got into like like futuristic theme things. Yeah. I think they even had like semi trailers. Yeah. But the, the, the core stomper, you put a double a battery in it <laughs> and it was the link, the whole, the, the drivetrain was maybe the length of a double a battery plus about another quarter of that. Yeah. And it had these like knobby tires or spongy tires. Yeah. The it, fir- it, well, the first ones were spongy. The first ones yeah. were spongies. Yeah. One in there. Then the sponges are still on it. Yeah. That's awesome. And eventually they were a little bigger and like hard, uh, not really a hard, but a soft rubber. And they were locked in a direction like they did. They just went straight. Yeah. And they had two speeds, high and low, and you just flipped the switch and set them down and they had at it. Oh, yeah. That's just awesome. And they were just so much fun. But so so anyway, yeah. If you're looking at one of those cases, that they're they're nice. I I, I wouldn't mind having another. It's just finding some space. And actually, I thought about getting the close closest IKEA is still Cincinnati, right, Whitney? It is. But uh, I will tell you, I'm going to be making a run to IKEA probably within the next month. Oh, okay. Because I'm uh, I've got. 
uh, Grace wants some more bookcases for okay. her for her room. Uh, the, the, at the, the rate at which she reads is uh, semi voracious. Well, that's so, cool. Okay. And it's good. And so book after book after book. So she's amassing quite the book collection. And um, and so she wants another couple of bookcases. We're going to get a couple bookcases for upstairs, and I want two more bookcases for my console room. So I'm going to go to I'm going to go to IKEA and load up. I, well, I mean, I'm going to do a trip and load up. So if you want me to get you another one of those, I just say go ahead and do it. I'll get I'll bring I'll bring another one of those back with me because okay? this this turned out better than I thought. Okay, and my my thought was is to get another one and put it upstairs, and then just have yeah. This has got a lot of toys in it. I mean, I wouldn't say I wouldn't drop a stomper in it upstairs, like where it looks like real people live, but um, I, I could see putting more family oriented, like his, his family history type stuff in it. Um, the, the the thing here is, is if you go to get one of these, the cabinet itself is just the cabinet and the LEDs. I actually went, to, I had still had the box. They've been sitting here for months at this point, and I, I, could, I couldn't even find them because let's just be honest, LEDs come and go. I mean, they're made by a million or air quotes made. They're repackaged by a million different companies. I I, I couldn't, I don't think if, if I could get the same set again, the, 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 the specs were is I just got a, a five meter roll, which was yeah. more than enough to do what I needed to do. I went down both sides and across the top. It was 600 total on that five meter roll and it was the 2835 chip size. I just went with straight white LEDs because I didn't want a color changing RGB thing. I wanted just a, a nice, bright, white, clear, clean looking LED to light the cabinet. And uh, I got it all in a little box. I think it was like 12 bucks at 12, 13 bucks at the time off Amazon. Yeah. That's with the power supply and a dimmer. Cause I didn't, I didn't know how bright or how hot it would be. Not hot, like heat. I didn't want it so bright. You couldn't look into it. Yeah. So I wanted a dimmer. Uh, and especially with all the lights off if, in the game room, I didn't want it just like dominating the room. I wanted to be able to turn it down a little bit. Yeah. So like I said, I'll just go out and I'll find another set. If you can get me another one of these cabinets that have those same specs, just a white led, the 2835 chip size. And, and that's kind of key. And I kind of lucked into that. The way I put these in there, if you've not seen one of these cabinets, it's three sides, solid glass. The fourth side, the front is also solid glass with the door. It opens, but inside of it on either side, it's almost like a, um, like a, a almost think, think of like a ladder that it's not as noticeable as that, but you've got these verticals with these horizontal bars running across it. There's one on each side and those horizontal bars is where the actual glass shelves rest. Okay. So there's not a lot of place in there to attach LEDs. And what I ended up doing is this strip was really narrow. So I just peeled the stick sticky tape off of it and I ran it down kind of the inside of that ladder, if you will, facing inward. And, uh, the, there, there's enough there for it to stick, but I can't see because it, it's a real thin wire. Mm hmm. Uh, th th that ladder shape is made out of. So I actually just did that to kind of get it positioned. And then below every cross beam where the shelf sets, I just put a real small zip tie there just to kind of snug it up and hold it. Yeah. It took me 
maybe 45 minutes to put it in. And that's because when I got to the top, I cut it, soldered little jumpers over so that I could stick a strip to the top. Yeah. Gotcha. You know, that, that, that ribbon couldn't make that transition. You know, if you're looking at it, the, you don't really see the ribbon cause it's on the inner side of that ladder that forms the places where the shelves uh, uh, sit. It's kind of hard to describe, yeah. but when you get to the top, you're kind of making a 90 degree turn to cross the top. And that ribbon wasn't flexible enough to do that nicely. Uh-huh. So I ended up cutting it and just soldering little jumper wires over to make the cuts. That That's what took, or the jump rather, that's what took most of the time. Yeah. It turned out nice. It turned so out really nice. It turned I, out really nice. Yeah. I could do it faster the next time around. It's really worth doing. And the, the only downside to it is, is it shows all the little dust particles yeah, in there. Yeah, well, so you need a little you're, duster. You're, you're going to have that. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'll tell you right now, coming out of the box, those the glass from Ikea, because of the like the sheeting that they put on it, the protectant, it's got like a coating on it. And it's it takes a little scrubbing. It's almost like getting new pinball glass. Yeah. You know, you don't just like wipe it off with Windex and stick it in the game. But I, I, I was real happy with how it came out, and I want a, a, another one. Yeah, so. cool. No, no, that, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Well, when I when I'm up there, uh, like I say, we're, we've been working on our uh, next IKEA run list uh, for weeks, weeks, and weeks now, and we've just about got it down. But that's one of those things where when I go up there, we tend to drop a pretty penny because because you're there. Because you're there. That's exactly right. And it's it's a pain in the in the hindsight to make the trip because uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's about three hours each way, three hours each way for me, um, and, you know, and they make it so that you can't order. I mean, you could mail order that stuff. I think that cabinet was like $59, mm-hmm. but the shipping on it was like a hundred. Oh, it's, it's not, it's not worth it. I mean, it's, they'll it's do not, it. Yeah. But yeah. It's not but it's it. not worth it. So the best thing to do is just <laughs> plan a trip and just go and just, you know, just get it done. But I, I mean, I, I love Ikea, but, uh, yeah, I'll get you another one. That's so, the best way to say it. Okay, cool. Yeah. So the, and then the last thing game related here is, is that, um, I found a make tracks that I didn't realize I had interesting a Williams make tracks. Yeah. No. Did you ever play that game back in the day? No, I didn't. Okay. I have, played have it on, you, the, on the 16 ones. You played it. It on the 16 ones. Yeah. Okay. I have played it a bit in MAME. I never played it. Never saw it on location back in the day. I, I don't really like that game that much. I mean, it's not, to me, there's not much of a game there. And maybe I, I don't know, maybe I just haven't spent enough time with it. Maybe I just not into the, into the, the, the thought, the, the thought process that the game requires you to be in. I, I, I don't know. I just, it just never clicks with me. I, it's just me. So I, I'm kind of with you. I mean, I, it was make tracks. You yeah, know, yeah. Th- this cabinet has been sitting in my building for a long time. And I, I think it just ended up, I'm, I-, I recall where I got it. And I think it was just one of those situations. It was like, uh, well, I'm here and this much is going on the truck. Yeah. And this is a, this was a, cl- a, str- a clean cabinet, you know, yeah. straight sides. Oh, it wasn't. I, so I get it. I'll do something with it. And it sat out in my stand. I'm making air quotes here. Stand of cabinets. And in a position that wasn't easy to get to, and it just sat there. <laughs> and, and, and it gets buried. So yeah. what ended up happening was, is I had some friends over here, and um, they, it, I had one of them, a, a friend of mine, a friend of his, I had an old-er 
big choice crane, you know, one of those, the, the red cranes that kind of like defined what a, what a, what a redemption crane was there. I mean, they're about bulletproof and they're heavy as a, as a tank, but they just work. He was interested in it and they were over here and in the middle of all the conversations, there was talk of wanting to build a multi-game. Okay. And I remembered I had this cabinet sitting back here that I couldn't remember if it was vertical or horizontal and I'm in a clean out mode. I knew it had been converted. So we talked about it. And uh, um, later on, I ended up pulling the cabinet out and looking at it. And I was like, okay, yeah, I knew this was a make tracks cabinet. And I looked in the back of it and I realized that it had, other than the board, it was complete. It had all the Williams. It, it still had the wiring harness in it. It still had the power brick in it. It still had the factory power supply in it. It had everything. And the, but it had a Miss Pack bootleg marquee in it and an ever so little bit of bootleg or of Miss Pack burn in the monitor and a generic overlay over the control panel. The control panel wasn't even drilled because Make Tracks was the same controls. Yeah. Okay. It was a, and, and looking at it, it has a little weird joystick in it that's got a, it's got like four springs that centers it. And I bet that's the factory joystick. Just a little odd kind of joystick. It wasn't like a Wicco or some yeah. third party joystick. Um, and, and I thought, I bet that the bootleg pack, Miss Pack had the same pin count. And this, the, the pins were removable from this, from, from the edge connector or from the, the harness. I bet whoever converted it just depinned it, moved everything where it needed to be for this bootleg game, plugged it in and Bob's your uncle. You know, <laughs> I got a power supply. I need five volt, 12 volt, whatever. Here it is. Do, do, do. I, I need this. Well, this position's up. This is down. Here's player one. Just moved all the pins, plugged it in, and they put it back on location for for whatever reason. And for whatever it, it would earn. Yeah. Yeah. Until it was done. Yeah. Then I got to realize and I had a make tracks marquee. Yeah. And I have a make tracks board. And now I'm in this position of like well i basically got to make tracks is what it is and i might whether i wanted it or not yeah Yeah. i might not be a fan of it so i I ended up talking to the 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 gentleman that was interested in and i quoted him a price and i said if you want it i quoted it i will sell it because i said it and i'm gonna stick to my word yeah um but as it turned out you know he, he just this is new to him and he wasn't he was he was a little tepid on trying to build a multi-game and he was actually more interested in something basically ready to go. Oh yeah. You know, other than maybe, you know, he's very mechanical Mm -hmm. so he could work through control issues and all that. He just, he wasn't ready to jump into the electronic stuff. And I had some friends that actually had some other, uh, jam type games that were looking to sell some games and we all got together and I said, if they've got something awesome, if they don't, you want this, I said, I'd sell yeah, it. Come get it. I'll sell it. Yeah. And, um, I ended up keeping the, the cabinet. They, they found, he found something else that, that fit his bill perfectly. And yeah. he just went on to town with that. And oh, he, well, he, that's was, he was in it. Yeah, that's good. Well, so it worked out for everybody. Yeah. Then. So now I've got to make tracks and I've already, the board I had, had, had a little damage on it. I've already even tracked down another complete, but untested board, which just showed up today. So now I'm in a conundrum, Whitney, here I am in a house cleaning mode. And now I've got basically a complete make tracks. 
it's got the sides are painted latex, which is easy to get off. Yeah, that's easy to clean. And so what do I do? Do I sell it as a, do I offer it to somebody and sell it as a, look, here's your own make tracks kit. Cause I, I know people, they, especially Williams people, oh, yeah. if you want a William, this, and this Whitney, this cabinet is beautiful. Yeah. Other than the latex paint, which yeah. will come off. Yeah. 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 I it's beautiful. You. Yeah. And it's, it's solid. I mean, it's, it's, it's beautiful. Huh? So it's why like, did it have to be a make tracks? Couldn't, I it, couldn't it have been a Robotron or I, I, you know? Yeah. I mean, seriously, wow. My Robotron tracks. isn't as nice as this cabinet. Yeah, I, it, most every make tracks I've ever seen is beautiful. If you want to know the truth of it, because I just don't think they got. I just don't think that, that they were ever really on location enough to get well, I'm, it, to get beat up. I'm just shocked that they weren't mainly all converted. Yeah, because see, of that, vertical. That's just and me too. You've got all kinds of control panel real estate to do with whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'll offer it. I, I just got to think on it. I don't know if I'll check the board out, offer it as a kit, build your own, make tracks. If I'll go ahead and just get the power supply and stuff rebuilt. And offered as a working game, you strip the sides off and make it a make, you know, I, I don't know how, how much I'll do to it. Cause I've got enough stuff around here, but nonetheless, I have an accidental make tracks now. Interesting. Okay. Well, uh, congratulations. No, thank I, you. I guess, thank you. I guess, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what I'll say there. So there, there's my, uh, there's my month, Whitney, and everything I got going on around here. Well, I will say this, uh, your, your month was probably a bit more productive than mine because I'll, I'll run through this. Well, it was a bit more productive right up until this morning. Well, <laughs> I didn't have much going on right up until this morning. Let me, let me say that. Okay. So, um, I, I have still been, uh, still been working on my TNA, uh, and it's not that it's, it's not that it's broken down or anything's, anything's wrong with it. It's more so I've just got uh, a few mods and I wheeled it into my shop and I've been, uh, it didn't even really need to be shopped or anything. It's in, uh, it's in really good shape, but ultimately I just wanted to install a few mods on it and I just get pulled away from it to do, oh, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. Um, I mean, we're, we're nearing up, uh, real quick and my zookeeper, it's giving me the side eye, but I have made it, I've made it unnatural <laughs> promises. Hey, I'm over here. Yes. Yo, I've, I've made it unnatural I've promises. I've been here before you started on all those. <laughs> on all those. Guess who broke the glass in your trunk? Yes. This guy. That was me. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> uh, I'm missing my joystick for a reason. It's cause I hooked it at your trunk. Um, but that that that's up next after I finish after I finish my TNA. But uh, ultimately, I have uh, I spent a pretty significant amount of my kind of uh, kind of free time or burn time this past month working on our new website, which is good. It needs to be done. Uh, the goal is to have that uh, have that revamp ready for episode number one hundred, if not uh, you know if not a little sooner. I I hate to. I I I put something in the show notes and I shouldn't even say it because I I'll I'll jinx myself but uh it's going to be nice it's it's going to it's going to be a much simplified kind of a cleaner design um, we're, we're going back to basics. I mean, Brent, I, I remember when you and I were talking about this, we, you know, we're going to stick with a, a very clean color scheme, a very, um, you know, a very, uh, simplified motif to it and everything like that. Not going to be overrun with colors and, and graphics and everything like that. It's, it's not going like, to auto start, auto start 15 videos. No, and, no, it's going it, to, yeah. it's going to do none of that. Okay. So I'm, I'm going for a very 
clean, a very simple motif, this nice and uh, nice and professional looking, yet still recognizable as the brand. Okay, that, that's kind of where I'm going. It's good. It, it should be should be pretty nice. It, it's gonna have uh, it's gonna have a shopping cart where we'll finally be able, you know, eight eight years in, finally be able to <laughs> you know sell sell shirts and podcast swag if you feel so inclined to support the show. Uh, and it, it'll be nice for uh, you know for better um, better equipped for like photo albums and, and things like that if we uh, if we want to put some stuff on the site and stuff on Facebook and, and things like that. So anyway, there's that. Uh, but it, yeah, it's a lot of my time has actually gone into that over the past four weeks. Um, 3D printing. I did want to touch on this because uh, I, I I only bring this up because I'm trying to share what I learned. That, that's the whole reason why. Okay. Well, and, I'm glad you bring this up because the last couple of days I've had in my mind as I'm freeing myself of, yeah. of, and wanting to do something else. Yes. I was going to get you to put me together a shopping list. Oh, I'll do that the, for you. Of the parts. Oh, of the, yeah. Of the new motherboard. Yes. 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 All yes. that stuff. Yeah. 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 For I, my printer. I'll get. Yes, I can do that for you. That's no problem. So spend my money in reality. <laughs> in reality. It, it is. It has come time. So my time with my 3D printer this month has been about uh, fixing or, or I'm sorry, not fixing, but addressing some some inconsistencies that I was seeing in my prints after I switched over to the Micro Swiss all metal hot end. And so, and for people out there that don't know, Micro Swiss is a company that makes in the hot the hot end is like think of it as your print head. It's the print head. Yeah. It's, and it's, Micro Swiss is a company that makes quality oh print heads. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're they're all metal, and they they address many of the shortcomings of the stock Creality hot end. I, I won't go into all of those, but it, it, well, it kind of their stock hot hot end is mainly. I guess is it fair to say still Whitney all kind of off the shelf parts? It it is, but the the design of the hot end is such that the um, the the PTFE tube or the Bowden tube that goes into the hot end that your filament travels through mm-hmm. to get to get to the hot end or to get to the quote unquote the nozzle where it squirts it out like a you know like, like a, mustard a, yes. like mustard or like a toothpaste <laughs> tube um, where it gets to that. Um, in the very bottom of the hot end, it's called a hot end for a reason. The very bottom of the hot end is where your heater cartridge is, and that's what heats up the nozzle to the point to where the filament will melt. The issue is, is that the tube that that delivers the filament into the hot end, the tube butts up perpendicular to the heater cartridge mm-hmm. and uh or i'm sorry what's called the heat break which is the metal the metal that surrounds the heater cartridge that distributes the heat to the nozzle and the problem is over time that the ptfe tube degrades because it heats up it cools down it heats up it cools yep. down it heats up it cools down so it gets brittle and then it eventually just starts to congeal and melt and that's what happened to mine. It clogged up the hot end because the tube kind of just collapsed on itself due to the due to the numerous heat cycles. And it's hot. I mean, the thing runs at like 200 degrees, not Fahrenheit, Celsius. Celsius. Celsius, yep. okay? Which is hot. And so it's really hot. <laughs> and so anyway, the micro Swiss hot end being all metal, it it removes the contact, it, it moves the contact patch of the tube way up the hot end to the point to where the PTFE tube, uh, when it feeds in the filament that is happening at room temperature and the filament doesn't actually start to melt until further down in the hot end where the tube is not affected by the temperature. 
far superior design and also allows you to print with many other filament types other than just PLA. Uh, it, it's, it can easily handle PTFE. It can easily handle uh, ABS. It can easily handle nylon. It can easily handle a lot of, uh, a lot of the more caustic materials mm-hmm. that are, that are extremely challenging to print due to the, due to the temperature requirements. The micro Swiss is suited and ready to print all of those materials over and over and over again without wear, which is great. I'd probably, one of the things I fought with was just generically, uh, not exactly what you had. Uh One of the things I did have to kind of back up for a second was where that tube, the PTF, the the Bowden tube, we'll we'll call it a Bowden tube. That the the filament uses to get to the the print head, Uh the the hot end, Uh the coupler, the coupling, it's kind of like this, you slide it in and it's got little like teeth in it. Yeah. It's like a pressure fit. Yeah, exactly. And to release it, it's got a little collar Uh and these things are small. It's not like so small. Yeah. It's, it's not like we're talking like an inch, you know, these are small, small. You push that little collar down and it retracts the teeth and you can pull it out. Uh Well, I had a problem where that with the original one, it didn't have enough teeth in the tube. Wouldn't stay in. It wouldn't right? stay in. That's, so it would back out. Yeah. And that a, caused problems. Oh yeah. And that'll and, clog your printhead too. And then it started, have you had to do a hot pool yet? No. Uh, because what, what I did is, as soon as I got mine, uh, I, I started out with the white, with the white Bowden tube that it comes with yeah, the white PTFE yeah. tube that it comes with. And then within probably two days, I switched over to a Capricorn tube, which is a bit larger diameter. So it, it has a much tighter pressure fit going into mm-hmm. the hot end. And then uh, it comes with some, uh, I'm going to call it Mo Better. It comes with <laughs> some much improved uh, versions of those clips, yep. which, which will solve the tube creep problem so i never had that to any degree because i switched to the uh, capricorn tube so early right, after okay. my build yeah so i i, I had I, I switched the couplers uh-huh. and i kept a standard stock type bowden tube yeah and then just eventually maybe through me kind of squirreling with the settings enough trying different things and one i got to the point where i kept getting clogs in the hot end oh, and that would be so frustrating and so what you end up doing is is you you basically pull that tube out uh-huh. you take a piece of filament uh-huh. you heat the hot end up you jam it down the hole where the Bowden tube would have gone. Yeah. You turn it off and let it cool down to a certain degree. And basically the, any glob of crud that's down in the bottom of the print head welds, welds, welds to, itself to that piece of pull, filament. You can pull it out. And then you just jerk for your, jerk that sucker uh, right out of there. Like your pool starting a lawnmower. Yeah. And seeing the bad part about to clear it, it out. Yeah, I get it. And the bad part about it is, is that that ruins like the level on your X gantry. And I, it just, man, it creates as many well, it's, problems. It's a, it's a as violent it process. It's a violent yeah. process so i'm going to be spending money yeah yeah because <laughs> i don't there I'll, are solutions yeah. to your problems okay but they but they cost money so ultimately where where i was at though is i so i, I got the micro swiss installed really loving it it's it, in and let me tell you it works fine okay there's no troubles with the micro swiss the pro as a hot end the problem that i had with it though and i i was I was adjusting my settings on the printer to compensate for this, and that's where I learned a lot. Of, uh, I, I learned a lot about additional printer adjustments. 
and it was due to the nozzle that they shipped with the micro swiss it's a hardened nozzle okay and so it being hardened it is suitable for printing much more many different materials other than pla it's it's quote unquote better than a brass nozzle okay now the problem with the nozzle that comes with the micro swiss and is is that the the angle of the nozzle is very wide, okay? And the problem that I was having is because it's wide, the nozzle is not very is not very tall, okay? And so the nozzle is is a bit stunted or a bit shorter than overall. your stock nozzle overall. So you have to you have to run the print head mechanism or the nozzle the hot end lower in, in relation to the print to account for that. The problem that I had though is because because of the rake of the nozzle is so wide, it had so much surface area as it would be zooming around a print the nozzle at times could come into contact with a print and it would lift the print right off, right off the bed and <laughs> cause just, the entire it, print it to fail. And, and I was so, so, so frustrated. For people that can't envision this, it's the difference between a very, very sharp pencil uh-huh. and a very dull one. And a very dull one. And pencil. a very dull one. So, yeah. so thank, thank you. Perfect analogy. Perfect analogy. The nozzle they ship with the Micro Swiss you are you are led to believe oh i've got to use that nozzle because it came with the micro switch just thread it in just and go that nozzle caused me so much heartburn because it caused so many of my prints to fail. Just knocked it, them right off the it, bed. It, 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 it would peel them up or it would knock them off. And I'm going, what in the world is going Why? Why is this happening to me? And so I finally started. Did you just get a bag of popcorn and sit there and watch it? I, I, I literally had to start a print and sit there and watch the hot, watch the nozzle or watch the, you know, the, the extruder, uh, not the extruder, but the hot end assembly and watch and see what it did. And when it would come, into contact with the print I, uh, i'd stop it and i go oh i see I, I see what's happening here and so i immediately after seeing what was going on or learning what was going on i pulled that nozzle out and put in a different hardened nozzle that i had that i'd ordered uh from a pack off of amazon and it had a bit of a sharper rake to it and was still the same ho- overall height or length of the nozzle, but the, but the rake was a little different. And I thought, okay, well, that rake is... It's fr- amazing that that little bit made so much difference. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And, and so even with that second nozzle, with the rake being a bit better, my success went up, but it still wasn't where I was before I installed the micro Swiss. And I'm sitting here thinking, it's like, before I realized this, it's like, why is, why is me installing this micro Swiss causing me so many problems when the micro Swiss can't be the problem? That's, that's how I got to the point of just, I need a breather. And, yeah. And then yeah. why that thing is set up there for over a year and not been turned on. <laughs> I get it. Because I get it. Because I, I, I kept trying to solve problems yeah some were my uh, there were just things i created uh-huh. some were maybe a little little too grand of an expectation yeah and uh some were just limitations of how things worked at the time at the time yes you know yes. you see it, it this was the typical f- facebook trap you see the perfect pictures of the perfect meal or oh. the perfect date oh, or yeah. the perfect restoration, the perfect family. Yes. Yes. And that's not reality. No. That that perfect print that that person got on that dead stock reality CR10S. Uh-huh. No, there, there's a bucket behind it of oh. stuff that was a disaster. Oh. There is a bucket of yeah. fail to get a cup of success. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? Hey, show title. And so, <laughs> so anyway, there's, um, 
there's there's this process of elimination that I went through, and after seeing what the second nozzle was had improved on. I then pulled it out and said, you know something, I'm going to have to go back to a stock brass nozzle because it has the appropriate rake and it's a longer nozzle. And I think that will solve my problems. And you know what happened, Brent, when I went back to that stock nozzle Done. with with a really sharp rake really to sharp it. Point. And, and, and then I readjusted the printer to account for the, the new height of the nozzle and everything like that. I printed and I, I, I swear to you, I go, there's my printer. Yeah, my printer. You're back has, in. I, my printer has returned. Yeah, thank you. Now, what I immediately did though, now knowing this, is I went on Amazon and I found a pack of hardened nozzles with the appropriate with that real sharp, with that real sharp rake, and I picked and I snatched those up, and I'll make sure that they're in the list for you because right now I am running a stock brass nozzle in my Micro Swiss Hot End, which is literally like putting. Uh, fried eggs on a pizza. Okay, I mean it just it makes no <laughs> I, I sense. I always think it's a space saver spare on a Ferrari. <laughs> that, that could, a, do, a donut spare on a Ferrari. Yeah, that could be it as well. Okay, you it look, works. It works, but it's you look at optimal. it and you go, why? You know. Yeah. But anyway, um, as as soon as this nozzle gets a bit of wear on it, and I'm and I'm incented to say eh, it's time to swap a nozzle, like in a year maybe. Or, yeah, PLA. Or, it's well. I'm trying to think of some of the things that you can print. You can print like, isn't there a carbon can, fiber infused filament? There you, is. You yeah. have to have a a good hard a nozzle. A good hard nozzle. Otherwise, yeah. it just acts like sandpaper. Yeah, and it just it, it opens will. it up. In the in the brass nozzle, uh, if you go anything above, as I understand, if you go anything above PET G, you can you can print through the brass nozzle one time, but the brass nozzle doesn't come out of that it process <laughs> the, 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 the way that it started. Yeah. Okay. So ultimately I'm, I'm just going to wait till it's time to replace the nozzle. And then I will install my hardened nozzle with the appropriate rake. But Brent, now I have been running that printer and, and I can, I, I use Octoprint on my phone. I can queue up a print, hit print. And I, and I am guaranteed that the first layer will go down perfect because of the ABL, the auto bed leveler now, and the print happens successfully now every single time. And so, good so what am i looking at i'm looking at a motherboard Ooh, sorry about Uh-oh. that i got I'm, excited i'm looking at a motherboard <laughs> uh-huh i'm looking at a hot end you're looking at a hot end you're looking at a uh the all metal extruder assembly i've got one of those you've got one of those do yeah. you have the gray one or the red one red one uh, okay all right <laughs> you, may, you may want to consider the gray one okay, okay? because i let's put it this way i've gone through both of them and the gray one's far superior okay, okay? but for 25 dollars on amazon you can get the gray extruder you can get the uh metal bed leveling knobs you can get the yellow bed leveling spray oh, i need an abl uh, you need an abl and uh and you can get the capricorn bowden tube you can get all of that for 25 dollars. Oh, yeah yeah so just Part- do it the nicer parts are surprisingly inexpensive. Surprisingly inexpensive, yes. But you will burn through some money kind of figuring out the right combo, but I think I've got the right combo now. I really do. And I'm I'm more than happy to take that from you. You, you should cabbage with it. With links. You should, you should cabbage it and just do it and not suffer the hours that I've had to burn. Yeah, I, like yeah. I, I, I've already mentioned, I, I spent a fair amount of time messing with mine and... You know, if I'm going to do it now, I, I don't want to go back to what's there because it's been oh, well, actually, over a year. Well, at this you point. don't need to. That's the and, thing. And things have changed. Yeah. When I first got it, 
I knew that it wasn't going to be like taking a printer out of a box and putting paper through it and printing like we do today. Yeah. I remember what that was like when I did it with Commodore Vic 20s and 64s. Uh-huh. And it wasn't easy. Yeah. You know, you, you had to, you just couldn't print any font in the world and yeah. you just couldn't do this and that. It And I look at this the same way and <laughs> that eventually it'll get to the point where it's almost like I just take it out of the box and I put filament on it like it's paper yeah and it works and it works yeah we're not there but we're closer than we were a year and a half we're definitely closer than we were but the but what i have come to appreciate and develop a new respect for is just how difficult 3d printing actually is to do well okay oh i can imagine yeah yeah yeah. It, it it is difficult to do well and it's because there are so many moving parts to make that thing work, and it's all math on the backside. Yep. It's all math on the backside. I heard of. If you don't understand the math of it, then it's actually kind of hard to troubleshoot. If you want to know the truth yeah. of it, yeah. I, I this just popped in my brain. Think about this. Uh, I, Scott on Retro Gaming Roundup made this comment s- several years ago because they did a game, okay, a board game version of CGE Adventures. <laughs> And I still want to get that game. The, do, you, do you have that no, by I any don't. chance? I don't. I would love to get a copy of that. The, 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 they had a, a someone, I, I don't know if it was a friend of the show, someone there closer. It was a friend he of the show. He coded the game he, he, for he, a 2600. He did. He did. You know, Specifically they, for them, for Portland Retro Gaming Expo. Right. Yes. Yeah. So then they made a board game of it. And Scott, I think it was just Scott. I know they they 3D printed their own character their own character tokens that went in all the board games. And Scott, I know, printed at least some, if not all, of them. And he so he was on a 3D printing talk a couple of years ago when he was doing this. And he made a very valid point, which is we could have had this. If you think about it, we had stepper motors. Uh-huh. We the, the 3D printer is basically Three stepper motors. <laughs> it's or, a, uh, X, Y, and so you got a, a an X, a Y, and a Z. You, it's actually four stepper motors. Uh, and the extruder And the motor. extruder. Okay. Yes, yeah. So X, Y, and Z, and then, and then the extruder. Yeah. And, and it's in today, like these Coralities, a lot of them, and it's an aluminum frame mm-hmm. to hold all that together. It's such a jalopy looking thing yeah, right, when it's right. all done. The, yeah. They're, not to say that, like, if you look at a Prusa, it isn't better than a Creality. They may use better parts and put more attention to detail in building the Prusas which I'm sure they do. They do. And you pay for it. And you pay for it. But they do. But a lot of this, in my opinion, there's a hardware aspect to it, but Mm -hmm. a lot of this is in the software. Oh, and when you get into like compiling your own firmware, you see it. If you think about it, you could have, you, all all you're doing is you're telling a stepper motor, step this, step this, go. Uh You could have done that with a Commodore 64. (laughs) We could have been doing this. Oh yeah. That's a perfect segue. Yeah. We could have, we could have been we could have had 3D printers in the 80s. Yeah. We could have. Yeah. Because when you look at how they operate, you go, why didn't why didn't I think of this right, 20 years right. ago? I mean, th- there isn't a lot to drive the you're right, it's math. Yeah. It might not have been as fast as it is today uh-huh. to drive the commands, the G code to it. Yeah. But it's just commands. But it's just commands. It's just it's, step it's, this, step that, yeah. step this. It, it's it's all done line by line by line by line. Yeah. It is it's so simplistic, yet it's it's so complex. Right. It, it's amazing. So yeah, we could have had Com- Commodore sixty four, T I ninety nine, Apple, early Apple twos running 
3D printers. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, very, very, very true. Very we could true. have been 3D printing your mods for pinball machines. We could have in the eighties. In the eighties, <laughs> yes, it didn't exist yet. Yes, true, true. So, quite the inventory right there. <laughs> it, but long story short, I have I have got back to where I was. Three months ago, <laughs> before this entire thing started, four I'd months ago. I'd like to get back to where I was a, month, a year and a half ago with my I get it. I get But we're going to get you there, okay? But uh, I, I have now found that nozzles matter, rake of nozzles, pro, nozzle profile matters. I didn't just really, I didn't even honestly even consider that. You look at the nozzles and you think, oh, okay, all right, well, I'll, I'll adjust my Z step, or I'll adjust my, my, my Z offset and I'll be good to go. But it's it's just not that. It's more than that in order to make it go. And I guess you only really learn that by doing it is the best way yeah. to say it. I, now, I, don't, I don't want to dissuage anybody from getting a printer. Oh, no, 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 Yeah, because no, it no, sounds no. like there's a lot into it. Oh, it, but it's one of the greatest things ever. I I, I, I so love that I have it, but it has not been without its its uh its pint of or I guess it's you know pint of blood. I, know? I enjoyed mine when it was running, and honestly, I just kept poking at it, poking at it, and I should have run. I should have gotten more experience with it before I started changing so many variables. Yeah, yeah I did I it to that. myself. Yeah, I get, so I get that. So. Yeah. Speaking of running from a Commodore 64. Yes, Segway Supreme right here. So uh, this morning, as, as of this recording, this morning, uh, I now have a Commodore 64. And uh, this thing is, uh, it's pretty beautiful, actually. It was um, it was purchased from the original owner. And uh, it came with uh, the Commodore 64 itself. It's in a box. Uh, very, very, very beautiful, in great shape. Brent, when I look at this, I am immediately reminded of you as how you keep your stuff. And I'm like, this is a C64 that Brent would have mm-hmm. had because of how it's boxed and how it was kept. And uh, I, I got a second box full of Commodore 64 software books, two joysticks. And Brent, I don't know if you need one of those joysticks or not, but if you do, it's yours. Okay. Uh, oh, it, you'll it, need both of them. It, okay. Fair you enough. and Grace are going to be playing some two-player games. Oh, fair enough. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> and you, you and Grace need to be introduced to a game called Mail Order Monsters. Okay. We this this will be fun. <laughs> we'll we'll do that. Uh, I got a thirteen fifty one mouse. Uh, got an Amiga mouse pad. Uh, tons of floppy disks. That is I there a copy of Geos in there? Uh, I don't think so. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that I saw the Amiga. Uh, mouse pad in the Commodore box yeah, because I, that would date it a little newer well, than you would think. I thought you could use that mouse if I recall correctly on the Amiga, but I thought the only thing that that where that come into use on the 64 was if you were running Geos, okay. which Geos is, I never really, I never used it. I had a copy of it, um, an original copy of it. It was, it think of it like a windowing kind of menuing, yeah. OS overlay. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And it, it was like a, sh- like a shell, I yeah, guess, or yeah. something. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then I guess to top it all off, I got a, uh, a 1541 Ooh. floppy drive, yep. uh, in the box, the per- perfect, perfect, con- perfect condition. It in looks the box. beautiful. Yeah. And this all works. Uh, it was confirmed working. Um, the power supplies, uh, bungled, but outside of that, it's, it's well, good. You've got that handled now. Uh, thank you. I do. You're so very yeah, welcome. Yeah, I, I do. I do. And, uh, I, I I did a little thank you uh, thank you in the air for that and I, I should be good to go. The only thing I don't have um, is a Commodore monitor or a Commodore you know badged monitor, but I, I don't think I really need one just yet. But I but I kind of want one just yes. to, just to complete the whole situation, <laughs> you know. So 
there's a story behind this Commodore 64. It actually it actually came to me about a year ago, um, and just just to look through it and just to just to test it, and make sure it was all good, which I did, and it powered up, and everything was good. I gave it back to the owner, and the owner uh, was was then going to determine what they wanted to do with it. Okay, whether that was sell it on eBay, sell it privately, or whatever. Uh, fast forward to uh, three weeks ago, and um, the that person contacted me again and said, "Hey, look, we're not we're not going to do anything with this. Do you, do you still want to buy it? Are you still interested in?" It? I'm like, "Oh yeah, definitely. I'm still interested <laughs> in it." And uh, and so this morning we you know we sealed the deal, so it, it worked out really well. I'm uh, I'm pretty stoked, man. I I, I don't think that um, I could have gotten a better deal. And Brent, I'll tell you what I paid for it off uh, off, okay. off microphone. Okay, uh, I, I mean it was it was a fantastic. And so, I, don't, I don't mean to single anybody. I don't mean to single the listeners out when I say that. It's just that I, it, I mean I'm going to keep it, but it it can't. It, it was at a very favorable price. Yeah. I'll just say it that. Well, way. if it was somebody, I take it this was a friend or somebody you had yeah, a relationship with. Yeah, because it, they they trusted you to. They didn't just find you walking down the street and say, no, "Hey, can no, you no. test a Commodore 64?" Th- that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah, it came to me through. It came to me actually through my daughter, uh, my daughter's school. Uh, you know, friend of a friend of a friend, and they they knew that I did computer work, and they said, "Hey, listen, can you just go through this?" And w- which I did, and just you know, just kind of gave it the once over. So you, but I know you don't. You didn't grow up with a Commodore, so did I you? Did not. Did you? Te- you tested, hooked the drive up, had the drive oh, yeah. floppy. Sure, and sure all did. That stuff. Yeah, every everything worked exactly like it should. You know, I. Before before you use it again, open it and clean the head. Okay, fair, fair enough. So fair enough. I that I did not do because it wasn't mine. So, but I, I get that, and um, and that's something that I, that I'll look into. But I'm going to be on the hunt now for for like a 1702 monitor, I guess, or a Commodore monitor. If I can find one, I, I'll definitely get one because that that's gonna that's gonna make that, that completes right. it. That yes. completes it. You yeah. know, it really does. And um, you want a 1701 or a 1702? Okay, and, th- thank and, you. And there's other Commodore monitors that'll work, but the 1701, 1702s. They're they're basically the same. Uh-huh. And there's debates as the difference between the two of them. There's a little chassis difference, but the big the big thing is is everyone seems to agree that it's just the tube that they use. Okay, they both look great, but they have the gray cabinet matches matches the, the drive in the yeah, in the Commodore. It's, it's the badging. Yes. it's it's everything. Oh yeah, the badging. It, the badging. All it's matches. it's all there. It's like that's. The Commodore, right yeah, there. The so, curtains have to match the drapes, that, or that, the curtains have to match the carpets. That, that's yes. exactly right. So, in this scenario, I, I definitely want to do that. Um, so, yeah, like I say, I, I just don't want to mention what I paid because I I want to be respectful to the person because they sold it to me under the pretense that I would not resell it or I would not flip it. Uh, because if that was the case, then they could have done that themselves. So yep. that, that's the reason why I'll, I'll stop there. I, I won't do it now because this we've run the 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 beginning segment kind of long. Yep. yep but yep. when I talked about my sixty four, I think I had just gotten my SD two IEC adapter. Okay. So the IEC bus is the serial bus that the Commodore uses to talk to peripherals, like the 1541 drive. So this thing converts SD cards to talk on that IEC bus. And you can just, you can load up just however many disk images you can fit on the card. Oh, that's awesome. And then it has a little shell that you could use and say, okay, well, I want to select this disk image and then it drops out or auto runs the first program on it. 
and it basically presents that image as if that disc was in your 1541. Oh, gotcha. And no, that's nice. It is sweet. Yeah. I, I have, I've not gotten to mess with it as much as I would like to, uh-huh. but where I've gotten to use it. Oh my gosh. So yeah, I, on the next show, I'll have to try to circle back, get some more time under my belt with it. Oh, talk about it. Yeah. Let's, but, let's do that. Cause I, I I'm, I'm going to want to learn more you, about yeah, it. You no doubt. definitely, man, you need one of those. And yeah. you, 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 when you, the company that, that mine came from, um, They've got uh, uh, their version or their rebranding of the original Epix fast load cartridge that zips that speeds up the the communication with the disk drive and the SD two IEC. It's it's like fifteen bucks. Oh, it's, okay. it's you just have it's a given. Okay, cool. And I can it's, when I touch on that, I'll touch on the history of again what, what the fast load brings to you and why it's helpful but yeah it's not a gimmick okay. it works it works yeah. okay awesome it, yeah. awesome so yeah i mean here's the thing i don't know when i'm going to get to this but but i am so happy that i've secured it you got it yep i got it that's the, that's the big part of the battle that's the big part of the battle now now i'm going to be hunting a monitor and so uh and then a couple of these peripherals and things like that but I'm I'm definitely looking forward to digging into the library because I think I'd mentioned uh, my my love for Activision is what has driven me to this computer mm-hmm. because I want to play the Activision games on this computer and then I just want to experience it for what I can experience it for. So if you're telling me that there's some games on there that Grace and I would really enjoy oh, playing, yeah. oh then I I am all for that, all for that. Yeah. So to to bridge the gap until you get a monitor, you can do composite right out the back. That's how I did it when I tested it to start. Oh, with. did it have? Yeah. Did it already have a cable yeah. to give you the composite it, it, breakout? It, it, it did. Oh, okay. Yeah, then yeah. You, oh, you're there. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until you get a monitor. Until yeah. I get a monitor. Yeah. So, uh, I, I just I just hooked it. I took it downstairs and hooked it into uh, one a tube TV that I yep. yeah, that I've got downstairs and just used the composite cables and did that. You so, get a yeah. monitor with the because it, it's basically it's chrome in, chrome. Chromen, uh, Chroma and Lumina. Luma. Chroma and Luma. Chroma and Luma. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. So it, basically what you're doing is S-Video, just they're arranging the signals a little different than a classic S-Video cable. Uh-huh. You combine that with what would be arguably a higher end tube in a air quotes monitor versus like a television set. Yeah, it makes a big difference. Okay. Yeah, it's fair, worth fair. hunting it down. Okay. For yep. sure. Fair, fair enough, then. Fair enough. That that's, that sounds good. That, that's how I go. <laughs> you think you're going to spend my money. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, this is how this goes, you know. So, uh, Brent, I say with that, why don't we uh, I, why don't we get into the mailbag here in just a second? Um, let's. Uh, how about let's take a, a quick break, if okay. that's cool, and then we'll come back into the mailbag because I've got some uh, I got some write-ins here. One that one that was funny and made me laugh um and then uh then i think we can get into uh get into the tech segment how about that all right cool thanks after who knows how many months whitney i think we should 
announce a winner or something? Yeah, we, we should. <laughs> we, why, yeah, can, why don't we take care of that business the, before we get luck, into the mailbag? How who's about the that? lucky soul that gets some of this stuff that I'm trying to get rid of? Yeah, so uh, the, the lucky individual picked at random from the entrance uh, for that for that little, uh, I guess, kind of grab bag giveaway is uh, listener Matt Gard uh, from Atlanta, Georgia. So a uh, friend of the show, Matt, uh, Matt, we, we drew your name um, and guess what? You get the swag, man. So I will reach out to you, Matt, and uh, get your address and we will get Brent's, uh, let's be honest, we'll get Brent's crap in a box and send it to you, okay? <laughs> I mean, if we if we circle back to the beginning of the show, I, right now I currently have plenty of boxes. As a matter of fact, I may even actually send you a couple of boxes <laughs> as an addition to the, the grab bag. Yeah, so. fair, fair enough. No, congratulations, Matt. Thanks for uh, thanks for playing along with us and uh, giving a, a, a tro- your favorite trope comment. That was the uh, that was the question for that particular uh, for that particular uh, grab bag contest. So really appreciate it. And of course, most everybody. What was the favorite trope oh, comment? It was, it, was, it? it was firepower for oh, sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. I, I've got I've got it here, and we had we had some really good ones. Okay. Okay, so uh, there's a couple of honorable mentions, okay? Now, so that everyone knows, we didn't choose by favorite response. No, it was no, a no. random choice. It was a random yeah. draw yeah. of everybody who who, le- who left a comment. Uh, Casey Relford said, does being dead to Brent count? And it's like, of course it does. You know, I mean. <laughs> who said that? Yeah, Casey Relford. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. That's pretty good. And uh, Matt Garvey. <laughs> I got you the first oh, time, too. Oh, yeah. If yeah. the listeners could have just seen the look in your face and yeah. your eyes. Yeah, it's like I caught myself. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know what he's doing now. And, uh, and, and Sometimes I do things just for my own. That was that was solid. Okay, that was right. solid. Phil Shepard said there's so many great ones to choose from, but I'll go with my all-time favorite, Firepower. He says I'm from the South as well, and I'm struggling to spell that phonetically. Let's see, Fire Fair Pair Far Part, and it's we get it, we get it, Phil. Trust, trust I me. I think it's we, actually we spelled well. out on the on the flipper bat. That flipper bat pillow that Sharon O'Shea made for me. That's up there. Yes, Uh, oddly enough, on top of my high speed. Yeah, (laughs) so close enough. Yeah, and uh, Matt said he goes far par. He goes, I just get a kick out of it every time I see one. I say it that way. I just can't help it. Uh, Phoebe Phoebe Smith, uh, Phoebe James Smith said far par. She, I mean, she like like really drew it out. You know, lots of letters there. But when I when I read it in my in my mind, I'm like, oh yeah, that's exactly how it sounds. We said. like a one-trick pony. Oh, yeah. She goes, it's too many to choose from, but I'm thinking Firepower, as pronounced by BT, has to be some of the funniest. Uh, Rob Kakaro says, Chrome won't get you home, episode 72. And <laughs> I'm like, I that. forgot about that. That's right. Uh, Ian Cullen, listener Ian Cullen says, uh, Firepower. He says, also the Frost-Free Spigot episode, <laughs> which gave me many sleepless nights worrying about water ingress in my game room. So thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and just just re- really really solid really solid stuff so oh my gosh yeah that, that's a good sampling there just some some great replies and for everybody who uh who took part in that thank you so much but yeah matt you're the unlucky guy who gets the box so <laughs> that's that 
All right, Wendy. So mailbag. Yes. Looks like there's a maybe some follow up. Uh, yeah, yeah. There there is some a uh, little bit of feedback. So the the mailbag segment here is uh is quickly become a favorite of mine, <laughs> because it takes on a little bit of a different format than feedback does. Because the the mailbag episode. I mean, this is mail that we get in the podcast inbox, and uh, and and it's it's good. It's good. So so here here's this one, and this is from my nephew Gary. Gareth, okay, and Gareth is, has been a big fan of the show, and uh, every time every time he and I are together, it, it's it's great. He he loves to talk about the show and loves to talk about gaming and everything, and I, I just I love him for that. So uh, he wrote in. He says, last episode, I was yelling at my speaker to check the Wayback Machine, and and I, I have to go back and determine what that was in reference to, probably us talking about something we could not find. And it's like, oh, yeah, but you didn't go check the Wayback Machine to you know, find a prior version of the site or something. So, so Gareth, that's, that's, that's spot on there. So, yeah, we definitely need to incorporate that. I, yeah, okay, so... I don't recall. I, I don't. Well, I I'll next time I see recall us trying to. We were probably trying to find something, or we were looking for something, and is and it wasn't there. Who knows? We we fumble so much; it could be applied <laughs> to everything. Okay, that, that's kind of a trope into itself. It, it, that, yes. that it is. He goes, but on a different note. He goes, I love the show. It was it was good to hear you striking your head in the tempest. Okay, I'm sorry, sticking <laughs> your head in the tempest, which I, I probably struck my head in there as well. He goes, but I have something for news. And so he left me a link to what's called a wingman converter. Okay. And this is a wireless uh, controller dongle for either the Sega Saturn or the Sega Dreamcast. And it allows you to turn those controllers wireless, which I think is pretty sweet. And so uh, I've got a picture of it here in the show notes. I'll put a link in the show notes. I'm sorry. I'll put a link in the show notes on our website. i got a picture here. But so yes. is there a... I'm looking at the picture of it. There's got to be a, a transmit side and a receive side. Well, it's... Uh, the, the way that it looks to me is that the receive side plugs in. It's pictured as going into a Dreamcast here. It uh, it looks like it is used for um, like a wireless controller, okay, yep. that you would then use for the Dreamcast. Oh, like a third Saturn. Like a third party. Like a third party yeah, controller. Like a third party okay, controller. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the original controller. Okay, yeah. But, I was, okay. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so it, it plugs into one of the joystick ports or controller ports on, let's say, like the Dreamcast, and then it has a wireless transmitter, wireless receiver uh, as well. So uh, definitely, a very, definitely very, very neat. And, so, and Gareth says, uh, looking forward to the next episode. Please, please reply if you get this. And I did reply to Gareth that we got it. So, um, And he leaves another link here around a restored Dreamcast, uh, a Sega fan's dream come true. And this, art, this article or this link to this article is really good because it pretty much encapsulates and documents everything you should do to a Dreamcast to quote unquote pimp it out okay mm-hmm. or or to, or to make it you know, to make it as best as a Dreamcast could be so I'll, I'll have a link to that in the show notes as well and then uh, on Garris website uh, he has a shameless plug section here and I want to read this because this this is fantastic okay this, this is the best description of this show I have seen yet. He says, the Broken Token is a great classic arcade and pinball podcast. It cannot be described. You must listen to it to understand. Okay. Also, the Louisville Arcade Expo 
is the home of the is the home of the Broken Token Show as well as one of the best arcade shows. Every year there are super rare home computers and other consoles. So Gareth, thank you for the shameless plug. We really appreciate that. And you are right, our show cannot be described. <laughs> it does have to be listened to to be understood. This There's is... there is no doubt about that. Well, it, that so so let's just look at the first segment. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. To 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 Give give an example. How many things did we touch on? Uh, it's it's. Uh, I mean, it's innumerable. I can't count them. I've and, lost track of them. And, and it, Stompers was number seventy eight. <laughs> I was I was stuck on the Susie the Little Blue Coon cartoon. Yeah, yeah. And where did that? Uh, I, yeah, that exactly. was in the fifties. Yeah, that had to be in the fifties. Yeah, yeah. Th- it, and I guess I, I see that as one of the things that I guess is so endearing about the show. It's, I think I think you're right. We don't come in and we don't just talk top to bottom about. Um, let's the face, games. Let's face it. Something that would get pretty boring pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We we meander a little, and I don't <laughs> mean that in a negative way. No, that's true. And, and I think that's one of the things that's very enduring about the show. One of the things that the our listeners enjoy. And I mean, I've heard people talk about shows and say, you know, I don't. Why do I want to hear what someone's updates are? Yeah. Why I don't care what they did last month. Yeah. Well, we might tell you that, but we're also. There's a lot interspersed. There's in a lot interspersed in it. Yeah, There's exactly. Some, well, I did this, and hey, I learned this, or I found this tool, yeah. or uh, I just, or you found the, you got your 64. So we all get all the listeners that are 64 fans get to, enjoy, or maybe if they're not, they get to enjoy that yeah. along with you. Yes, exactly. You know, unfortunately, the the medium is is ostensibly one way, <laughs> so we don't get is in. We know what our listenership is. Yeah. I think this is true of a lot of other shows. Our interaction, people that interact with us, is infinitesimal uh-huh. can, when you compare that to the actual listener to the listenership. So yeah, it's a it's one-way exactly. medium here. Yes. We don't unfortunately get to live that same thing with everybody else, but they get to live it with us. With and, us, yes. And, and then we also intersperse some life lessons, like you know how to water proof your house yes for, free, exactly. for freezing situations <laughs> yes yeah i think that i think the 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 moral of this show is don't do what we do it, it, that's that's the that's the yes I, I think that's the the guiding the guiding light there um i got real quick on the dreamcast somehow yeah. i got into a youtube wormhole and i got a, a video a several part video of, of a guy that was going through his dreamcast uh-huh. and one of the things that interested me was i watched a part of the video uh, on the video out mod for, for the, dream, the Dreamcast. For, for the Dreamcast, yes. Okay, and where that came from is having recently done the Ataris, uh-huh. one for me and one for my niece. Yeah. And then I also threw an, uh, not an, what am I saying, RGB, a composite out mod in the ColecoVision that a friend of mine got from me uh-huh. because he, that he wanted a composite video connection. And it is not easy on a Dreamcast. the The kit has got like this, like ribbon cable like type of overlay thing that just lays itself out into the motherboard, and uh-huh. you have to. There's pins. There's like tabs that line up with surface mount ICs, and you have to like solder that type of in multiple places. Yeah. I mean, it's not just like a uh, one, two, three, and you're out. So, I mean, so I'm going to give a quick plug. Okay. Okay. Real quick. Um, 
And then, then there's something else about the Dreamcast I want to say. Okay. But but since you brought up soldering for those ribbon cables and the surface and getting them soldered to so the surface, so you've seen, you know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, it's not just like I need oh, a no. wire tacked here and there. I mean, it is no, it, it's, an endeavor. It's an endeavor, and you have to have a certain method about soldering in order to be successful with that. And the plug that I wanted to give is. Um, a gentleman that goes by the handle of Voltar, okay? And you can find him on Twitter, find him on YouTube. Voltar is a he, he is a Kentucky son, just like you and I are, Brent. He lives, I know the he name. lives in northern Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Voltar specializes in doing RGB mods to consoles. Okay. That you pay him, you send him your console, you tell him what you want, uh, whether he's got the kit or not. I, I mean, that's uh, he gets it done. Okay. Yeah. That's that's the easiest way to say it. And he he has developed a, a significant following on the on the net, on YouTube and Twitter, because he just does good, good work is what it amounts to. Now, the reason I bring up Voltar, though, and I, I'll link to him in the show notes, is because in his videos on YouTube, if you watch him, he will teach you how to do surface mount soldering with a regular iron and his process is brilliant as to how hmm, he does okay. it. Okay. All right. And he, he he uses a lot of flux it uses a lot of flux, okay? And it uses some pretty he has a, a, a like a wider chiseled tip as to how he does it, but his method is awesome. And the, and he does it. He surface mount soldered with he surface mount solders with a with that wider angle chisel tip a lot of flux and a lot of solder but it works and the end result is beautiful do you know who lewis rossman is out of new york never heard of the name no so you need to check out some of lewis's videos he's he's got a lot of interesting videos just on life in new york in general and running a business and um the the philosophies therein, things he's faced, but he he makes his bread and butter repairing Apple products oh, and cool. modern okay. modern um Lewis is just cool. Yeah. And in modern technology. And he'll sit down with a video and he'll just talk about life and what's going on and things how 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 it is to run a business while he's teaching you about how to repair a, a MacBook? Yeah, okay. And he he uh, when if he's doing some surface mount stuff, there's a lot of times he's using these fat chisel tips. Oh yes, and a lot of flux and a lot of flux. And <laughs> of course, now he's got a a, a a microscope, and he'll he'll even tell you, you know, this is the microscopes that I like. This is this, and this is this costs that. This is junk, and this is why. And yeah. it's and. He, he'll lay it all out there for oh, yeah, you. He yeah. doesn't hide anything. No, and Voltar's great for that way as well because he, he, he'll he have the camera zoomed in mm-hmm. on, on, the, on the surface mount chip that he's working on, and he'll show you he'll talk through the process he's like i make the i have to swing the iron like this to get you know to get the heat and to get the solder to chase the flux and, and everything like that. and he tells you how how it works in, in, in the process. And I, I have enjoyed it. Uh, well, I, I'm definitely going to have to check that I, out. I, th- I think it's, I think it's good stuff, but the, so to the complexity to that. So, so there, there's a comment there. Uh, Gareth was, uh, Gareth was over at the house. He and, he and his uh, dad, my, my cousin, Philip um, was over at the house over, over Christmas. And um, what was nice is Gareth was telling me that he uh, recently purchased a mode 
for his Dreamcast optical disc emulator. Okay. Okay. The great thing about the mode is it can use either solid state storage or a spinning disc or spinning hard drive as the storage medium for the disc images that it uses. And it's interesting because the the mode provides um, it, it provides compatibility with more consoles than just a Dreamcast. It works with like the Sega Saturn as well. And as of very recently, it also works for the PlayStation 1 too. What's the other emulator? Or- GDEMU. GDEMU. That's okay. the one that I have. Right. And that's the one that I'm going to install in my Dreamcast and Grace's Dreamcast. And, and it is, it's purely flash-based, okay? Right, okay. So, so it uses it uses SD card. It's SD-based, right, yeah. okay? So this is, this is, this is, Similar in that it replaces the the uh, the optical drive, but right. it will also connect to spinning media. It, it will, and it's got a bit of a different menu system. A, a lot of people seem seem to be in the camp that it's superior. And after looking at what GDMU does and what Mode does, I'll, I have to agree. I think the Mode interface is nicer. But I've already bought the GDMUs. I'm going to go with it. I, I'm not not really so concerned that I'd go out and buy a mode at mm-hmm. this point. But the, the mode's legit. And Gareth's got one for his, and he was really excited about it. And, and I totally understand why. It, and uh, so, yeah, definitely look into it. But, uh, but yeah, Gareth, thank, thank you for all of that. Um, the last thing here, Brent, and I laughed at this. This is from, um, <laughs> we're just going to call this uh, Mr. Wells, okay? I'm not going <laughs> to mention his name, okay? But Mr. Wells writes in to the show, okay? And he says, hey there, I'm I'm messaging you again for the second time. I didn't receive an email back or I missed it somehow. I don't know. He goes, this is my package info. It goes, congratulations on your awesome organizer uh, purchase from the Broken Token. Your gaming uh, upgrade items can be referenced with order number, order number. We've carefully wrapped and sent it on its way to you via FedEx, uh, via international ground on such and such date. You can follow the the progress of your epic cargo using using the information below, uh, track your shipment and everything like that. And then Mr. Wells goes on to say... My delivery never arrived, and having contacted FedEx, and they told me to contact you and for you you to ship another order out. FedEx said that they would cover those charges, as you can see see that the order has been listed as lost. Thank you so much, and let me know if there's anything I can do. So, obviously, Brent, we owe this person something (laughs) that we don't even know what it is, so... Anyway, so th- there so, is that. So this I, I, person, thought that, I thought that was funny. This person ordered it, this. I'm assuming that this is the the company that has the same name as us, but uh, yeah. with a space in it that we, sells game, like storage part things yeah, for game for board games for board games for board games. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's a company called The Broken Token, and we get so much mail directed at us. Uh, where they think that we're that company. And I don't understand. I, I just don't understand how, if you come to our website and go through the contact form, how you can think you're contacting the same, th- that same company. Yeah, it looks, I, I just, it has, I don't, it I don't ha- get it. I've looked at least their YouTube page, but that was years ago. It looks, I that, mean, if you come to our page, I mean, the the current one has big a big picture of Bob Ross on it. Yeah. True. I mean, you yeah. didn't see Bob Ross when you ordered this part, no, right? No, it's it's just it's just really strange. I but, think we should just promise him all kinds of stuff. I, like I, is a 
I mean, I think what we should do, I've got his address. What we really ought to do <laughs> send is, him a grab bag. is send him a grab bag. Send him a grab bag. We, we ought to send him a grab bag. Oh, we could do that. And that's exactly what we're going to do. So, <laughs> it, so uh, yeah. So this, we're, this we're going to solve that that hopefully, way. Hopefully this resolves your issues. Yeah, it, it does. It does. But anyway. Uh, yeah, not not much uh, not much there in the mailbag, but I, I did want to dig a bit deeper in, into Garris uh, Garris submission his content and talk through a little bit of that right there. But so uh, I, let me ask: I yeah. know you monitor that. Do, do you? I do. Do you? Did you go back to this gentleman and say, "Hey, by the way, I haven't replied to him. That's no. that's not us. No, I haven't. But I, I need to, and just to give him a courtesy reply, yeah. and uh, just let him know it's like, hey, listen, that's that's not us. That's yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. But uh, anyway, Brent. So I figured you would because you're too nice. I just deleted I, it. I, I am gonna. I am gonna go back and reply to the guy. <laughs> as I soon am. as I saw the space, yeah. broken space, token, token. Uh, delete, like, delete. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the me. broken, t- yeah. T- delete. Yeah, it's like that's not. That's not. But, us. but that's me. Yeah, I, I totally get it. Well, Brent, I know you've got uh, a couple items that you want yeah, to go got, through. Yeah, I've got the, a little uh, some corrections and a few things here on the old rotten dog thing. Yeah, but you got something else. Here? Well, I've. I've got two things here that I, that I did want to cover uh, this month, and this this is re, this is recent news in the arc, in the arcade world. Here, um, we have got a tale of two TPGs going on. Okay, two test pattern generators. Yeah, yeah. For for, for those wondering, uh, TPG is a test pattern generator for you connect those to arcade monitors. They generate a, a pattern on the screen, and you can use it to dial in or, or test your monitor. What's interesting about this is that um, a company by the name of Crafty Mac, which we have talked about extensively, we we have sung the virtues of Crafty Mac extensively on this show, time and time again. I mean, I, how many times, how many episodes have we mentioned the Crafty Mac TPG brand? What ten? If not, it, if not easily, more, easily it, ten. I, I know I'm an owner, an avid user. I, I am as You're well. You're an owner. I've had. Yeah. I have other friends of mine that I've. Uh, that aren't deep in the in the hobby, but mess with things enough that they would be this would be useful. Oh yeah, and I've talked told them about it, and they've bought these oh, yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, and you know th- this it, it's handheld. It's about the size of like a modern iPhone or modern Samsung Android, a little thicker because it's in a plastic you know plastic case to give it a you know it's it's through hole for the most part circuit board and you've got to have a, a, he, a room in there for that header so yeah. there's a little thickness to it that's all protected in the case yeah yeah reason i don't know what the current price is i just remember it was a done deal and for me this solved a huge problem i was on an avid hunt for an old school test pattern generator i was actually using in this you know believe this or not I was using a Simpsons Konami Simpsons arcade board. Those things are board. Yeah. dumb money. Yeah, I, I was using an Atari Tetris board. Oh, before, are you? Before this, aren't Did, those kind of pricey too? They they have gotten that way. Yeah. Yes. Well, the those Konami four player boards, Turtles, Simpsons, they've got a few a few quick a few and easily gotten easily displayed test patterns in in their test menu. So I, I'd pull out a Simpsons board, plug it into a Jamma harness, set all that junk up yeah. just to get a test pattern. Yeah. And I, I was looking, actually shopping for forever for a, a vintage 
test pattern generator, like from a TV repair shop, kind of similar equipment and vintage, like, like you would get or, or find in a, a, in a, a, a CRT rejuvenator, your Syncores and your BNKs and all that. This stuff was made 30, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. the problem there is, is that all of that stuff was made for TVs. So it had, it had, it, was had a tuner module in it. It wanted a RF module rather. It wanted to output on like channel three or four. Yeah. Almost none of them were red, green, blue sync ground. It, yeah. So this thing come along and it was like, Oh, I mean, it pretty much revolutionized I mean, the whole space. Yeah. It's yeah. It, 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 of the, of this, of the tools kind of specific to this hobby. The, that is the by far the best tool I've had. Oh, there, yeah, yeah. There, there's no doubt. And I, yeah. I use, I probably don't use mine as often as you use yours because I've been working on pinball machines for so long. <laughs> I haven't really done much arcade repair for oh, I, the I'll, past year. I'll do, I'll do basic setup because all the yeah. boards are a little different, but yeah. you can get it really close. Uh, and I'll run the the burning test and just like a monitor rebuilt, set it on the, on the on the bench and just let it run all day. Yeah, you know, exactly. And, yeah. But, and it's, it's awesome. They're awesome. So there's, there's what we're talking about and there's the uses in the space. For yeah. It. Yeah. And so what's interesting is this past week, crafty Mac, uh, posted on Facebook that, uh, there's apparently going to be a, tpg2 and at least that's that's the graphic that was posted and so crafty mech went on to say quote i want to thank all the people who have supported the crafty mech tpg over the years recently someone has decided to clone the raster functionality and dun 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 we'll get to that just here in a second that's the second part of the story here that or the the end part of the story uh, has decided to clone the raster functionality I introduced, I first introduced seven years ago. Of course, TPGs existed before mine. For example, Wells Gardner TPG, and Bryn just as what you were, yeah, what you were referring to there. I've actually, in the time since I got my Crafty Mech, I've gotten an original yeah. Wells Gardner. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. Now it's it's a big block of steel it's a big honking Com- yeah, yeah it's i mean block of- it you want to talk about something that knock a person out yeah <laughs> but compared to the tpg but the te- that technology again that's that's what it was that's what it was yeah but the tpg yeah. like you said it's the size of an it's the size of a smartphone it's smaller than my multimeter yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah it's the size of a multimeter or smaller running off a nine volt battery it's 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 just it's it's brilliant and so crafty mech goes on to say but they didn't offer meaning the 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 older like the Wells Gardner TBG said, but they didn't offer an on-screen menu, burn-in animations, RGB cutoffs, etc. The reality is the market for TPGs is quite small. Naturally, I will respond by by improving the Crafty Mac TPG and offering more value. I have stood by and supported my product for the last seven years and will continue to do so. I think my record for customer service speaks for itself, and I appreciate each and every one of you who has bought one of my products. Now, the reason why this came into light and it caught my eye is because you know Crafty Mac posted this uh, really as a response to what I'm getting ready to talk about next, which is um, a new TPG coming on the scene and was announced by uh, RK Jason, uh, Jason Kopp, uh, on Facebook. And, and he um, posted some pictures of the PCB 
uh, of the PCB layout that he's proposing, as well as the, I guess, kind of like the top and the bottom shelves, where you can see the, the cutouts for the buttons and the cutouts for the display screen, which, which he's promising or billing as this TPG to have. And Jason listed, uh, listed this info when he made this post. He said, I'm pretty sure this will be the best test pattern generator ever made, mean, meaning the one that he's, that he's working on. Uh, it will have an on-screen menu with several controllable options and more test patterns and burn-in screens than ever before, Easter eggs, and much more. The interesting point here, Brent, and listeners, is that this is supposedly going to be a raster TPG, so that gets all of your standard and medium-res uh, arcade monitors like you find in a Donkey Kong, a Missile Command, you know, a Tron, Gorf, whatever. And then medium would get you up into, like, Paperboy. Paperboy and, 720, yep. you know, your Neo Geos. And, oh, no, and, Neo Geo standard. Oh, is it still yeah. standard? Okay, yeah, yeah, all right, is. okay, I stand corrected. But, yeah, paper, your, your Atari was, what's the... So is that System 1 or System 2? Uh, system 1. The Paperboys? System and, 1. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because um, System 2 was like Indiana NARC. Jones and okay, so, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. I don't that. know if that's medium think, or standard. I think I'd have to go back and look. Uh, NARC from Williams is medium res, so yeah. that gets you into the, the medium res stuff. Yeah, there, there you go. Very true. VGA... Uh, you know, supports positive or negative sync, uh, you know, just you know, great, great functionality from a raster perspective. But here's the kicker. He says it will also do vector. So that is your Vectrex. That is your Wells Gardner 6100, 6400, your, your Electra Home and Wells Gardner black and white. So if you've got an Asteroids, an Asteroids Deluxe, you know, stuff like Battle that. Battle Zone. Battle Zone, yes, exactly. Uh, maybe even some, depending upon the monitor, maybe even some Cinematronics games or something like that. Totally different. Uh, totally different. Totally different. Yeah, so it wouldn't do. Yeah, unless he specifically designs to do. It works a completely different way. So it wouldn't. Oh, you, do you even have a center? Yeah, that's I, the second I've time got, this show. Yeah, I've got a Star Castle, but I've not had to do any monitor. Yeah, work it's to it's it. a totally different animal. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. All right. Stand corrected two times. So there it is. Uh, Vectrex, and then of course like a Geo Eight Sega Vector or anything along those lines. So those so, are all, so as I understand. That, those are all related. In other than uh, input, well, of course, some of them, depending on what he's doing on the on the color monitors, the sixty one hundred, sixty four hundred, those are all closely related in terms of what the input values are to draw the beams. Okay, so that that's which is I'm not knocking it in any way. I mean, if you're going to do one, you're that much close. You're so close to doing all the others. Yeah, okay. it's just math all at right. that point. Yeah, yeah, or so to speak. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Drive how you drive it. Yeah. Um, well, he solved the problem. Yes. So it's, yeah. It's exactly. Just, it's yeah. the application. You solved it for one. You solved it for one, and you're like ninety two percent there to the others. So, okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna have to dig into the cinematronics then because I, totally different animal. Okay. Fair, you you mean on the monitors? Yes. To, to, yeah. Okay. All I'm right. trying to remember. It's been a long time, but I think it's more of a hold data. On, hold on. Instead of the instead of the and don't hold me to this, but instead of the game driving the driving it kind of almost directly, uh -huh. like you've got an X out and a Y out. Yeah. You on the cinematronics in the cinematronics world, you've got that ribbon cable and you're passing data up 
and, and then and then it does the calculations. It, does, it that, figures it out. It's, oh, you've got okay. the you've got docs up on the monitor, uh, up on the monitor okay. and it does all the all the heavy lifting. Okay, well, and like I say, I've not had to do any work on my Star Castle at all, so I've no, I've just never really logged any time with them. You know, I was I was reading something on Clove at some point where the tubes in those monitors though were interchangeable with a geo5 to with the tube that would be in a geo5 have you ever have you ever done a tube swap on those i i have not see and i think that's where i was probably drawing the correlation there I have not, and don't hold me to this, but I'm fairly certain when you back down into black and white tubes, uh-huh. there tends to be more compatibility in terms of pinout across, than across them all. Yeah, yeah, than there does in the raster tubes. Oh, yeah, that, and so, that, that makes sense. Now, in the the um, the is it amp, not amplifone the amp amperol or whatever the tube is that's in the the cinematronics, they're notorious for getting super weak. Okay, and. And just, I mean, hey, it works, but I got to turn out every light in the room and squint <laughs> at it, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and I, honestly, I don't know what a good zapping with a rejuvenator would do to clean that up and get some life back out of it. But yeah. I, I vaguely recall yeah. what you're recalling taking in another. Yeah. I, I mean, I swear, I, I swear I have read that in, in seen, seen tube swaps where, yeah. where they, they use, it was documented, and maybe it was on the Billtronic site. I don't think his site is up and running. Well, the anymore. tube would be. I mean, the tube yeah. is pro- surely just an off-the-shelf tube. You know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So anyway, so vector, uh, wide range of vector monitors, uh, wide range of raster monitors, just a very, very, uh, very capable tpg if it does come to pass that way so i i don't know that i mean i don't want to speak for either jason or crafty mac i just thought that it was interesting that uh that that announcement that that announcement was made jason made that announcement and then very very shortly after that crafty mac uh made made that announcement and i don't know if if crafty mac is responding to uh you know a, a responding as a feature gap kind of catch up post or if this had been in the works for quite some time i i don't know and we'd we'd have to talk to crafty mech in order to find that out but uh ultimately it it was it was an interesting piece of news because i mean that that dropped like back to back this past week well i'm definitely going to watch this because like i said i've the the crafty mech has been a, a just wonderful for yeah. me to use. Oh, I've, been a, I've been a fan forever. Oh yeah, me too. And I, I've taken, I can throw that in my toolkit. If I know I'm going to go do something that involves, well, I, I don't know. Is, is it playing? What's playing blind mean? I, I don't, yeah. you know, depending on who you're talking to, I'll take a crafting mech, throw it on a monitor. Yeah. I mean, it's yep. easy to do. It's easy to do. Once what, you got what, the cable kits, it's way easy. What really intrigues me here is the vector piece. Yeah. Because I do also happen to have a, Wells Gardner um, vector test pattern generator. That How many of those would you ever see? I, I have no idea. I would assume not many when you when you figure out in all the games that were raster versus vector. And it, I don't know if it'll even do black and white. I'd have to go back and look at it. Yeah. Uh, but it's the one the one I've got is definitely geared toward color games because if I recall correctly, it's got color kill switches where you can kill so you can just look at one gun i see okay and i honestly i've never plugged it in i've i've used the raster one and it's wonky because it's it's a very simple circuit but it's sat on a shelf for decades the capture done yeah and i'm sure the same thing is is up with a vector one yeah regardless even if i fix those 
this who these are these are handheld yeah. you know they're yeah. not they're not a big metal box that i gotta cart around so <laughs> if if crafty yeah. mech is going to do if he's going to add vector i very interested if jason's going to have vector i'm very interested yeah there's, so, there's no doubt same same here same uh, my here. tempest right now is jacked up and i haven't messed with it i don't know if it's in the board of the monitor yeah i i mentioned to you earlier I'm thinking about pulling those off the shelf and capping them, uh-huh. so J- just to troubleshoot the tempest, just to make it easier messing with my tempest. Yeah, yeah, because no, I, I can I, I can zero it in real quick. Yeah. Oh, I will be I will be buying one or both of these for for the vector functionality, no doubt. I I mean, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. I'm probably gonna buy the RK Jason TPG and. I'll look at what Crafty Mech does, and heck, I may even buy it too. Because why not? I mean, I'm a big believer in better tools, and yep. and better tools means better experience. There's no doubt. Yep. So the only other thing, Brent, and then I'll, I'll turn turn this over to you is um, wanted to ask you a question because I know you have got this in your Pac-Man cabaret or cabaret Pac-Man. Is I've been doing a little bit of research over the past uh, several weeks on the current state of the multi-pack kit for for Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, um, you know, Baby Pac-Man, wh- whatever you want, whatever you want to look at, Super Pac-Man. Um, well, actually, those two don't don't have kits. the The goal would be to get those two games on the kit. Yeah, but, but that, that's where I'm going with that. But uh, ultimately, I have done some research and I've come up with. Uh, essentially four different options that are either commercially available today or nearly available uh, after having gone out of production recently. And then a couple of other kits that I don't think are in production any longer and are harder to come up with or harder to find. But let me just read these off real fast. And then Brent, I want to get, get your take on what you have. And then, uh, just I guess just get some general feedback on on what your experience has been with with the kit that you've got. So the reason I bring this up is because I, I have recently wanted to um, I've been talking about consolidating my games. I want to get a pack machine that will play Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, and Super Pac-Man. And um, I don't really so much care about the fast variants. I'm really just more so looking for. Pac-Man, Super Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, and Super Pac-Man, and um, and then there's a couple that that uh, of these kits that offer up like eyes or offer up uh, you know Mister Miss Pac that Pingo. offer up Pingo that offer up some other you know some other games like that that quite honestly that's fine but I don't really need like 96 versions of Pac-Man. I just want Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man. Pac-Man Plus would actually be good because that's a good game. I like that. Um, and then Super Pac, Super Pac-Man. But ultimately, um, you know, Brent, again, I'm curious as to, as to your feedback here, but here, here we go. This is what we've got. We've got the Mike Doyle kit. Okay. It's, it's pretty famous for, uh, for what it is. It seems like it's been, um, it's essentially been available for quite some time. It's a 96 in one with a, just a tremendous game selection. Um, I, you know, I, I'll include in the show notes, probably the, the more, uh, notable games that it, that it's known for. But Brent, I, I didn't realize this until I did some digging and I found that you can still order the Mike Doyle kit today. And the price 
price hasn't changed. And the price has yeah, not changed. It's, it's $95. It's $95. Now, I say as of this recording, yes. we decided it was February 2021. We come to that agreement, right? We, we did. Yes, okay. we did. Uh, but that's the same price I re- I've ordered. I've bought, I know definitely one, but maybe two of these. Uh-huh. And that price is still the same. Okay. And I've had, uh, the kit I've had, I've had for years long time yeah. yeah well there was uh there was a lot of discussion on Claw that these things went unobtainium for years and years and you just couldn't get them and then all of a sudden uh this site was stubbed up back in 2011 that allows you to go back and order the mike doyle kit and we'll have a link in the show notes and i was reading on Claw that people as of last month january 2021 are ordering via this link and getting their mike doyle 96 and one kit Okay. And I, if you look at the bottom of the link, it says update 52715. Uh-huh. Currently out of stock. I'll build more after the conclusion of the X City 440 project. That ended forever ago. It did. I got one of those. Okay, good deal. Yeah, it did. And and again, people are saying... But I can add it to cart. Yeah, yeah. And people are saying that they did and it the just PayPal. just PayPal and I better stop. Yeah, stop. <laughs> and um, people are saying that they PayPal and then in two to, two to three weeks, they've been getting their kit. Okay. Okay. All right. So there's one. Now, as I understand, though, this next one is the only kit available, the only multi-pack kit available that also saves high scores and has a host of other features. And this is the kit from High Score Saves at $120. Now, this is Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, Pac-Man Plus, Miss Pac-Man Plus, Pingo, and the uh let's see and uh the fast versions of of pac-man miss pac-man pac-man plus and miss pac-man plus along with the original mike's kid will save high scores oh it does yeah each game is configured on screen using the joystick and player one and two buttons realize that and the settings are saved in non-volatile ram along with your high score oh fantastic that's good to know i said i thought that it saved and actually i think it uh um I think it has its own high score save menu for some games because like Pac, it didn't save initials. It just, it did like a lot of the midway games at the time. It just saved it in a high score field at the top of the screen. Just whatever that number was, it was. You can, you can put it in and it's got like a 47. If I remember correctly, and I'm exaggerating here, it's got like a 47 character. You can put in Whitney Roberts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, Here's the question that I have, though. The Mike Doyle kit says that it has Super Pack is one of the games. Does it? Have you played Super Pack on yours? It's been a while since I've actually had it in my cabinet. Oh, and you I'm, don't have it in it right and now? I don't. Okay. But I, you know what I can do is I can... Do you even have a pack up and running? Uh, no. I, I say don't. I can either lend it to you or I can put it in and next time you come over, depending on how soon you want to do this, you could play it. I'd love to um, do that. But... I am 99% sure that I've played it and it was fine. Okay. Yeah. So the, the only reason why I ask is because this just says it, it's, it's got like a whole bunch of pack variants, like Pac-Man yeah. slow, Pac-Man fast, Pac-Man plus slow, well, fast. Well, and, it, and he goes through it and then all of a sudden it just says super pack. And it's like, okay, is that really super pack or is that just some variant that's called no variant it's of Pac-Man super pack called super pack it's super pack it truly is yeah. super pack where he gets real big oh yeah yeah, yeah. It's goes, super goes pack. and like eats the donuts and the eggs yep. and, and the keys and all of that it truly is super pack yes. that's that the I one I, that's the one i'm buying i will make sure i love i love super pack I so love it. i i actually took it out of it i had it in a full-size pack 
And if you listen to the show, I mean, at one point I discussed, I sold it to LAX several years ago. Yeah. And I ended up shortly thereafter getting the cabaret that's over there. That's got the Pac-Man plus marquee and everything in it. Uh-huh. And I had it in that and I had that kit in the game at shows. Yeah. And it just got to be too confusing because the menu was like 87 days long. Well, see, and that's big. That's right. one of the big complaints about it is it's, it's unwieldy. It is. It is. It's yeah. unwieldy because there's so much there. And a lot of it is like menu variations. Like yeah. There's a whole series of menu or menu of maze variations in the menu that are named after Chevrolet cars. Yeah, I saw like that. Like Chevelle. Chevelle, and, yeah. It's yeah. just, it just looks crazy. So I honestly, I kind of like what I'm looking at here, other than I like, oh no, it's got Pingo on it. The simplified menu mode. And I think mine is code level 254, 254 okay. B yeah. as well. But um, yeah, it's, I, I've, I remember, if I'm remembering correct, it is Super Pack, not just something called Super Pack. That is fantastic. I'm, I'm definitely going to take you up on that. So, so that that's the high. So that's um, well, we talked more about Mike Doyle, but the last one we talked about was the High Score Saves kit, and that's just at HighScoreSaves.com, which I I know is a quality kit because they sell they sell very high quality products. So that would be a good option. I just wish that the High Score Saves kit had Super Pack on it because I would actually be more inclined to order from high score saves because they, their menu system is awesome. It's very consistent among their save kits and they, they just got a lot of utility there. But, um, but anyway, there's that. So the last two, uh, is uh, the Clay Calgill multi-pack, and it's a 24-in-1. It was noted as no longer for sale, but it is available uh, on Clove if you just kind of search around or you know put a post. They, they can be had, um, and it has all the fast and the slows and then eyes. and uh, It also has crush roller. And it has crush roller. You know yes. what that is, don't yes, you? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that is, uh, yeah, I just went blank. Um, the Williams game. We just talked about. Yeah, make tracks. Yeah, it's make yeah, tracks. Exactly, it's make yeah. tracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but there it is. But it's got eyes, and and eyes is a really good game, and I, I like that a lot. And I, I'm kind of, I'm, you know what? I'm kind of surprised that none of these have got the glob in it. Have, have, does the '96 and one have the glob in it? I do chance? not believe it does. Man, that it is does that not. is just a, that that's just a solid miss right there. You know, honestly, I have a glob kit. I have a glob board. You got it all. I mean, art. you've got you've got the art and everything. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Hang on to that. I have. <laughs> I may <laughs> be interested in that. It's. I've point. had several people try to get it from me. Oh yeah. I've never even tried the board. I need to. Maybe maybe that's what I should do. In some some of my I'm done organizing for now. Yeah. Adventures. Is, yeah, yeah. Is bench test the board. That is a good game. Is it? Yes, it is. It's a good game. You're making me not want to get rid of stuff. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude, but I, I'm just I'm saying it like it is. But maybe yeah, I'm, got maybe I'm just. May, but you know, Brent, I'm fairly easily pleased um, <laughs> in the same in the same vein. Okay. Okay. All right, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Fair right? enough. Okay. I, I'm not I'm not a difficult person to get along with or to please. So you know, th- we'll we'll just say that. Um, the last option is an awesome option. Okay, it's the bit kit, and the bit kit has. Uh, at least Pac-Man or Pac-Man hardware in FPGA. Now, I have not looked into whether the BitKit supports all of the um, 
variations of Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man and Pac-Man Plus and things like that. But I'm going to do some digging on that because that, that could actually be an option for me as well. And then there's there's some older uh, multi-pack kits like the 16-in-1 multi-pack and the Mark Spathe kit that I just could not find much information yeah, on the, on the net. The, the, and, they're, and they're old. They're very yeah, old. The 16-in-1, I... That doesn't sound familiar. The Mark Spathe kit was called a six pack. Yes, that's the six six pack. Thank you. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna make note of that in the, and in the show notes. I think here. it was one of those things where you know uh, Mark figured it out. He got on a Pac Man kick for a while years and years ago. Yeah, he kicked those out, and, and then, then he was done. And with then them. he was done. With I, it. He you on. know, I don't blame him. I, I totally get it. I totally get it. The guy. He, yeah, yeah. He, he he something else caught his on. eye, and he moved on. He moved on. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally get it. So anyway, for for all the listeners, if you if you are looking for a multi pack uh, setup for your pack or Miss Pac Man cabinet, you know you're you're left with right now the Mike Doyle kit at ninety five, the high score saves at two at, at one hundred and twenty. Um, or the bit kit. Those are the commercially available ones that you could go and order today. Uh, Clay Calgill's 24-in-1 pack kit is, you know, quote-unquote attainable. And then the others, the older ones, I, I think they're just they're just hard to find. I'm trying to look. I've seen a kit, and I, I can't remember if it's the Mike Doyle 96-in-1, but you can put a button on it to drop it back out to menu. Hmm. Because it seems like you could configure it to stay in a game, but or or you can when the game ends, it'll drop to menu. Oh, I and see. I, I think I, I need to go look. I know somebody that's got one in a game, and I I'm not sure if it's the Mike Doyle kit. Okay, but it's got a button on it, and I, I was just looking at a picture of it to see if there was a place to solder. I. Th- think this might be it but don't hold me but that that's a cool feature because yeah, that was one of the things definitely. especially if i was screwing around with it and i wanted it well what's this do what's this one well then i have to kill myself off if i otherwise <laughs> yeah. i could just hit a button and, and exactly. jump out exactly and i vaguely remember this now when i first had it in that upright thinking i i'm what i'm not gonna drill a hole anywhere and i don't have a place to put a button yeah so yeah, 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 um, yeah. it might be the dual kit that also supports that. I was uh, I, I was thinking based upon what I read that that was one of the later additions to the firmware on the dual kit. Okay, yeah. I just did a I just did a, a Control F and to do a find on the page here for like reset. Now that doesn't mean it's called that. Yeah, ex- you know exactly. Yeah, and it's yeah. not on that word. That word isn't yeah. on the page. I, I, I read it in a cloth thread. Uh, good luck ever finding that thread again. But I read it on a cloth thread, and uh, even just as recently as, as I think. A couple of days back. Okay. So, right. Anyway, so there's that. So, okay. So uh, appreciate appreciate you humoring me. So you wanted to get in and revisit the rotten dog. Oh, some, yes. some work you've done on on the on your board. So there. The, the quick recap here is uh, a good friend of mine had um, a rotten dog. He was trying to get working at a high speed. He was trying. He he knows an older gentleman, and and I don't know this third party, but my buddy solid guy and he was spending time trying to help this person out then he's my buddy too okay yeah i understand so he had the 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 third party that i never met had a high speed it had bad battery corrosion issues the board was taken by somebody local and uh, um uh, that person disappeared from the face of the earth so it wasn't even a matter of being able to repair the original board the original board was gone and uh I don't know why this that they ended up with a rotten dog versus trying to track down an original board. My my take is is this was an older gentleman 
the person's not in the, in the know, not in the community. It's not like they had the resource. They knew the resources to that we would know almost automatically where to go and start asking for people. Do you have this board? Okay. Nonetheless, they end up with a rotten dog. I've made it known in the past. I'm not a fan except for in a very few situations of using third party boards. And that, that the, 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 the quick thing there in a nutshell is, is it comes down to support and the, the kind of the mini tirade I went on on the last episode was Rotten Dog is a perfect example. They'd been out there. They had a lot of boards, a lot of product. They were around for a lot of years and ostensibly they're gone now. Yeah. And then there's yeah. some there's some question about that. I know there was a thread that I shared with Whitney here recently on Clove. The, the dealers they had. Or, no, it was on Pinside. I'm sorry, yeah, on Pinside. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. You just yeah. said Clove a minute ago and it was in my mind. I get it. Yep. There was a, a recent thread on Pinside about the dealer network that they had were kind of being, I'm, this is my word here, snubbed. And then other people were coming around with new, new run product from Rotten Dog. But like you go to the Rotten Dog site and it, it literally looks like 1998 called and they want their web design back. Yeah. It's, it just looks like it hasn't been touched. It looks like it's been stripped back. If you go to a lot of the product pages, it has like the product name at the top and it's nothing. It's a blank page. The schematic page is empty. Nothing. Okay. And it's not like it's a part for part replacement of the of at least in the case of this Williams board, the board I had I was dealing with was an uh, MPU ninety two eleven, and that was a drop in replacement for a, a Williams nine through eleven C MPU. And and on one hand, I have to give it to him; it was kind of ingenious. You're covering the, the, if you look at those boards, they're very similar, but they're different. You know, a um. A 70 Camaro is very similar to a 73 Camaro. But they're not. But they're not. Yeah. And then when you start thinking about, well, is it a 72 Z28? Oh, no. Or or is it a... Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, you yeah. know, in this family, they're supporting 9 and whatever the subversions in 9 up through 11. So you had 11 nothing, 11A, 11B, 11C. So, and they you even would flip the board over because the way the the way the games were wired you'd put one side up if it was an 11 and, or you'd flip it and put the bottom side up if it's a 9 cuz that's where all the wiring went i mean it, yeah. i got to give it to them there was some the flip side of that is no pun intended i likened it to a swiss army knife it does a lot of things but it does it do the thing it needs to do well because it's trying to do so much. And again, like I said, it's not a, I couldn't whip out a schematic. They, it, the, the functionality was similar. Some of the parts were similar, but they completely got away from standard transistors and you, that you'd find in a classic pinball and they were using MOSFETs for all the drivers, for example. Okay. And the position numbers were different that I recall because I've actually had to, without schematics, work on a game that had a rotten dog in it and a coil is stuck. And I had to chase that wire back to the connector and then chase that pin on that header back to whichever of the, of the MOSFETs was driving it. Cause I couldn't flip open the manual for the game and say, Oh, it's Q this. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any of that. All right. So there's all the groundwork. 
circle back to this game. They were trying to get it running and, and my buddy was trying to get it running in this gentleman's high speed and they couldn't get it running. So I offered to take it on and he shipped it here to me and I, I, t- I took a look at it. One of the things I mentioned last episode was like something I'd seen that had to do with Hitachi processors and you had to have a jumper to support a Hitachi processor. And, and I can't remember wh- what it had to do with. I think it was one of the pins on a Hitachi had to be draw, driven up or down, whereas on all the other processors uh, from all the other manufacturers, it could be floating. And they, 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 w- they were not compatible, so they had to deal with it with a jumper. Well, I, didn't, I, I had not run into that. And I was like, why is this any different here? And not turns out that it was also known and accounted for on a factory board with a jumper. Okay, so... I'll throw that out there. And actually there's a link I'll have in the show notes where you can go out on Pinwiki and it's got all the settings for the system nine through 11 boards and where the jumpers are. Hmm. Yeah. I'm going to circle back here though, to the rotten dog that ha- it had jumpers on it to tell it, are you going to be a, ver- a, a system nine or a system 11? Mm-hmm. The board I had, they, it wasn't silk screened. I, I literally looked at the board and there was a wire, like a zero ohm resistor jumper and above it, you could tell there was one, but it had been the, the middle of it had been cut out. I had no idea what that was for. I didn't know the history of this board. I didn't know if that was needed for, for high speed or not, if it was right. I had looked at other versions of wow. this board online and I guess that was a problem because I've seen pictures where it's silk screened on there. This one is, this one, you know, cut this one for, for system 11, whatever. Okay. I couldn't find like this processor support. I couldn't find how this board handled it. I couldn't find if there was a jumper, there was no documentation, no silk screening. It was really kind of like feeling around in the dark, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if the current boards as available by whoever the new distributors are. And I know I'm picking on rotten dog. I don't know what they're like. I don't know if the pictures I saw are indicative of the current stuff or older stuff that's longer in production. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. More of the story here, buyer beware. Anyway, the Hitachi stuff that, that aside, um, I, uh, um, just decided not to make, sh- to make sure I wasn't using any Hitachi processors. I was going to err to the side of the most probable, which is if the rotten dog had accommodations for the Hitachi, that it wasn't set up for the Hitachi. It was set up for everything else. So I just tried to step aside that for, for um, a, a minute and go ahead and just say, all right, I'll avoid the Hitachi thing altogether and I'll put Motorola procs in it and, and, and let it roll. I eventually got the thing to, to boot. And so what I did to do to do that was I took my gamey proms out of my MPU and put in this board. When I got it, it had um, whoever had set the EPROMs up for my buddy. It had version four gamey proms in it. I put version three gamey EPROMs in it and it booted right up. Let me, let me ask you something. Okay. Do you back up your EPROMs? I don't. Do you, you you don't have you don't have like burnable images of them. Just no, because it's all online. Yeah. I mean, if I if we lost the internet, it, it 
you know, it'd be a problem. It'd be a problem. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But yeah, all that stuff's out there. Okay. So I I don't really worry about that kind. It's not like Stern where they'll put up a new version and all the all the history stuff's gone. You know, oh, which, yes. which is, which is what a detriment do. when they release a game that locks a coil of code that locks a coil on and burns up a, 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 a node board. Yeah. That never happened. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but yeah, I keep, yeah, I think we've talked about that here on the show. I, I keep a rolling archive of, Stern, of Stern's game code personally, but yes. Yep. So I'm, I'm like, okay, it booted. Now the sound was jacked up. That's a whole other story. Mm-hmm. All right. The, but it booted and it played. Everything worked other than the sound issues. I was missing a bunch of sounds. And I, I, I was like, what, what's the deal here? To, is there something that this board doesn't like about the version 4 code? And I'll even back up a second there. I got a note in here. I don't know if you've seen that, Whitney. When yeah, I'm, I pulled, I'm, I'm looking at When it, I pulled yeah. the EPROMs out, all the EPROM sockets were like embedded with like a varnish or a goo wax <laughs> yeah it looked it almost looked like wax it did yeah, yeah. so i popped out like the you know i already been looking at the procs uh, i popped out the pias and their 40 pins that they all looked like brand new sockets but the whatever the pin count is for the eproms uh i think it's 24 pin they were all uh, yes. four of yeah, them had are. just junk in them. And it looked like, honestly, it looked like solder flux. And I couldn't for the life of me figure out the, the, the sockets looked like they were from the same manufacturer, the, the EEPROM and the processors, the 28 pins and the 40 pins. They looked the same build. I could tell there was no rework done. Looking on the bottom of the board, it had all been like wave soldered. It wasn't that someone had hand soldered in all four sockets for the EPROMs, this two sound and the two game. Mm-hmm. But from the top, you could just see some were worse, some were worse than others, some were better. But they, I mean, they were just packed with this crud. And I was like, what is this? So one of the first things I did with this, what I understood to be a brand new board, was desolder and replace all four EEPROM sockets. I I have no idea why they were so caked with junk and why all the other others weren't. I I don't know, but it was swap them out. Got, like I said, got the game booting and I, I went back and forth with this thing quite a bit. I couldn't for the life of me figure out, you know, why I couldn't get the version four stuff running. And I, ended up burning a copy right instead of downloading them. I, since I had mine there, Whitney, you know, I copied my chips. I put my chip in a programmer, read it, put in a blank one, programmed it. Mm-hmm. All right. Put it in the game, booted just fine. Okay. So at one point, now this is, this is, this is a bit on me and a bit, I don't know, and a bit on whoever helped set this up for my buddy to begin with. But I just happened to notice the file sizes. I went and downloaded the version 4 EPROMs because at some point I, uh, I wanted to compare with what was in the game to make sure that there, one of the EPROMs wasn't corrupt. And I just happened to look over at my PC and notice in the directory listing that one of the game EPROMs was smaller than the other. And when I got the board, both of the game EPROMs, two game EPROMs, two sound EPROMs, and then there's another EPROM that's up on the satellite soundboard that doesn't like the background music and all that stuff. That's that's not in play here. 
both of the gamey proms I got were 27256s. Turns out the first the first EPROM, the one at U26, is actually supposed to be a 2764. So I was even more confused at that point. If I put version three code on two 27256s, booted up just fine. If I put version four code on two 27256s, dead in the water. Hmm. Now here's the difference between the 256 and the 64 storage space. And with storage space comes more address lines. So there's, I think it's two additional address lines by the time you bubble up between the 64 and the 256, those two additional address lines handle addressing for that extra space. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there's a few tricks you can get away with when you've got these sort of pin compatible, same pin count EPROMs. Like you can put multiple copies of the code in there. I was going to ask if you just doubled it up or Or quadrupled, quadrupled it up. Quadrupled it up. Basically what, what you, what happens there is no matter what those two extra pins are at, because they're, they're, if they're high, they're low, they're whatever, you'll, you'll get the same answer back from the chip regardless. Yeah. Cause you're just looking at address space one, two, three, or four is yeah. dictated by how those other two pins happen to be. At this point, I didn't care. <laughs> I was so deep into it. Once I realized that I put version four on the correct size EPROMs, Instead of doing the double up or the quadruple up thing, it just, I had the 2764 and I looked at that as one of those moments. Like I just stared at this code that I wrote for four hours and it turned out that I didn't put a close quote, you know, the developers are out there laughing at me. Yeah. It was oh, yeah. one close quote that kept crashing this, you know, yeah, kept it from compiling. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just wrote it off. I, I didn't care. I didn't get into it. I had the right chips. I got it rolling. So again, that, that, that was kind of on us. The thing that turned out to be the sound problem was straight up a problem with the board. Okay. And with the rotten dog board, with the rotten dog. Yeah. That's, that's where, yeah, that's what I want to want to call out. Yeah. So what ended up on the system 11 games, they have basically what's known as two sound lanes. So it's a couple ways that sounds could be produced. And I would equate this to, uh, well, this method will give you a better sound like this if you want to do whatever. And this method might give you a better sound for this if you want to do that. So you've got a couple options. And as a programmer, you can you can make use of one lane or the other and the benefits therein to get your sound effect. Okay. One of the lanes is handled by DAC, a digital audio converter. Excuse, uh, a digital to analog converter. Mm-hmm pardon me yeah digital here's my data coming in analog you know the the waveform to go to the speaker digital yeah. analog for uh, a 1408 DAC and the other is this this method called a continuously variable slope delta modulator that's that's a very big phrase and I have no idea yeah. what that what that means but that's just it's something that's available in the game to the developer and you can create sound through your 1408 DAC or you can use the CVSD and it depending on what you want your sound to sound like and you you choose that's the that's the way I looked at it well it turns out my missing sounds were t- were through the channel that is controlled by the DAC 
had a bad dock in it, mm. brand new board. So I had to desolder it. And that happened to actually be... <laughs> that's that's yeah. crazy. So that happened to be a factory, the, the same part used originally, the same part number. And the supporting parts around it, to kind of go back and harp on my prior point, the supporting parts around it, there's a transistor and a cap and a few other things. Those were all there. Totally different location numbers on this board than on a factory board. So... So I just had to say, well, there's my, there's a transistor. I bet that's the transistor. Check the, ch- check the traces. Sure enough, that's it. Mm. Well, this cap is close by. I bet that's the cap and it's the right value. Check the traces, connect everything. Yes, that's it. It, it, it just wasn't easy. <laughs> you know, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it didn't yeah. have to be that way. And, you know, to kind of recap here, um, the, the, the EPROM thing, I take that on us slash me. That was just a mistake, you know, and I, I, I got almost there. Cause I mean, I, like I said, I verified the code. I read it back in my programmer. I got almost there. I got to the end of the race and I jumped off my horse. You know, there's a Kentucky, there's a Kentucky, a Kentucky thing for you, horse racing. I didn't actually verify that I had the right size EPROM hmm. and it could have worked. It may not have worked. Is it, as evidenced here with the version three ver- versus version four, it kind of did work depending on the code and what was different in the code that it cared. I don't know. I just, once I figured it out, it wasn't worth discovering what <laughs> led me to that point. Yeah. You know, you, I was you, done. You knew where you were at. Yeah. I was yeah. moving on. I was happy. I was on the latest code. And, um, uh, you know, for all I know, if I'd have left that 27, uh, 256 in there at version three accidentally, the game could have been unstable because you know that those pins may have floated around someplace different by the time the guy got the board back and it would have crashed because there would have been nothing in the, in the EPROM at that point. Okay. So I I was happy about that. Just circling back to kind of rail on the, uh, on the situation overall, I mentioned the last episode, the PS that were in it, the peripheral interface adapters, they were all bootleg. You know, they were all re, repainted, retopped chips. It's common. You see that a lot on eBay and <laughs> Alibaba. And um, what's the other one? Uh, not uh, Wish. No, it's AliExpress. AliExpress. Yeah. You know, and uh, have you ever seen Adrian's Digital Basement, Whitney? No, I have not. It's a YouTube channel. He does, uh, he's out of Washington State. He does a lot of uh, home computer type. Uh, Commodore 64, TI, Apple. Uh, he, he does a lot of that content. He does a lot of repair history type stuff. He just recently just ordered a bunch of SID chips oh, and a yeah, handful oh, of other. Okay. And the SID chip is the audio chip, the famous audio chip in a Commodore 64. Right. And he, he ordered them from, from uh, AliExpress a, a, along with a few other chips that go in the Commodore and a few other computers. Uh, like a TI-99 processor, and it's like, okay, am I going to get this? This was the content. Am I going to get real chips? Or am I going to get some other chip that they scraped the top off of and re-engraved? Yeah, yeah. So what they'll do a lot of times is, you know, let's circle back to the processor conversation. You want a 6509. You want a Motorola 6509. Well, they they may take uh, a Hitachi. They may take a 65B09. Uh, they may take a, um, and I don't know, may, 
pick one and S with what's the other manufacturer I'm trying to think of synetics with the S logo. They may take all those, put them, put them down, sand the tops off of them to get the silk screen off of them, give them a coat of paint, a literal coat of paint, and then hit them with a laser etcher and make them look like a Motorola. See, why? Why do they even go to that much trouble to defraud no people? Idea. That's crazy. But it's super, super common. Wow. And one of Adrian just did a thing, and uh, the SIDS came out. He, the first thing he did is he took acetone to them because if you if you wipe them down with acetone and the, it'll take that black paint right off. And he had a couple that were definitely retopped. And once he got all the acid or all the with acetone, all the paint off, you could see the laser engraving where they'd renamed it. But underneath it, you could still see the remnants of what it was originally. It's just so poor, man. Yeah, it's crazy. But all the pias that were in here, and I know those aren't produced anymore. Okay. I bet somebody could do an FPGA. I mean, uh, yeah. we're doing pokey FPGA replacements and they're reasonably yeah. priced. Yep. The, how the PO works is totally known. If you're going to go through all the trouble, maybe that's the next step or leave it up to the, the bot. I, I don't know regardless, but yeah, all the P is in it were, I'm just going to go with bootleg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In this case, they all worked because I exercised the board, but you could tell one of the chips it was even had a chip out of the plastic and you can tell where the, the physical chip out of the, out of the chip, <laughs> out of the package, the chip out of the package was rough. The edges were rough up to the point where they ran a sander across it, knocked the top off and it was crisp and clean. And then you could tell several of them were repainted. You ever have you ever seen in the top of some of these larger ICs, Whitney, where they have like two little circles like in the mold? Oh, like yeah, indentions, indentions yeah, like cast oh, into yeah, the sure. top of the oh, package. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you could see those shadowed under the paint. Man, that is crazy. It's just it's, but they all worked. Yeah. So I was rolling with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I get it. And then on top of it, you know, <laughs> things happen, but. I mean, I understood this to be a new board. Well, I, you should have QC'd it. I mean, you should have. I, I don't understand why I had to go and replace new parts, supposedly new parts, that sound chip. And what was the deal with the EEPROM sockets? It, I don't know. Again, I know I am really, really railing on Rotten Dog here because that's been the ire of my. <laughs> attention here recently and in all honesty i've i've had several run-ins over the years basically trying to back into what they did to fix them when they've broken mm. and i'm not slamming them for breaking because they'll break no no more often than an original board it might blow a driver or a coil burn up and then it burn up the driver it's just there there's enough going on there that i don't Personally, I don't want any in my collection, <laughs> honestly. So that's kind of the moral of that story. And the the bigger thing there was just a follow up as to what finally fi- fixed, fixed it. it. Yeah, yeah. Well, some of the oddities that I ran into, and kind of just uh, I, I went kind of off the rails a little bit on the whole Hitachi thing because that was that was just I, that didn't make sense to me. I'd not run into that, and sure enough. I was like, how was how this accounted for in the original board? I mean, this thing, this existed back then. I mean, how, why, why am I just reading about this having to do with these rotten dogs? Well, turns out it was accounted for on the original board. Yeah. 
it was a deal. Yeah, see, and that's what's what's crazy about this is, you know, I mean, me sitting over here just, you know, largely listening to you kind of re- recount all of this is that, yeah, I, I just think about it and, you know, equate it to just the work that we've done on, uh, that we've done on the 3D printers and stuff like that. I mean, it, it's like you want to close the loop on it because there is a lesson there. But man, what time did it take to learn the lesson, or what time did it oh, take yeah. to, to get your way to get your way all the way through to the point to where you come out the other side, equal or better than where you started? You know, it, here here's the reason why we talk about we were talking earlier about this show and just kind of being a little all over and a little stream of consciousness and oh yeah, but there's stuff in here and, and this is this is the stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I will I will not make that mistake again. Ideally, yeah, in that. I won't assume because if I didn't do it, I won't assume that I've got the right EEPROM. Is that the right part? Like I said, I got all the way to the end of the race. I got all the way around the track and I, I thought to at least check the code, but it didn't occur to me to check the part. So that, like I said, that's on me. Now I've to- told you all about it and you all will hopefully think of that down the road if you're presented with a situation, whether it's pinball or arcade or whatever, don't make an assumption. Okay. And then the rest of it is just, you know, kind of the same way. If you choose to go with a rotten dog board or any third party board for that matter, here's the questions to ask. How's it supportable? We talked about this before. If you can get the schematics, get them now. Yeah. I bet that Rotten Dog page had schematics on it at some time. Now it hasn't within the last couple of years. I, I know it be, before COVID and all that. I I went to that page, so I'm going to say safely. Um, <laughs> with it was two. I, I'll say safely. It was probably right at two years ago. I went to that page to get the schematics for their MPU replacement to go in a Fliptronics. Uh, a Fliptronics era Williams, like a like an Adams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not there. Yeah. So it's been gone for a while. Man, that's that's tough. No, because no, any any help that could have been had is not is not able to be had. Right. Yeah. So you know, let that that's that's the moral of the story. You might not have kept up with all that, and honestly, it was a bit of a diatribe. The moral of the story is is learn. Here's some of my lessons. You, maybe I can help you from not learning them. Mm-hmm. And then if you're on the, if you're not as deep into the repair side as some of us are, if you go with a third party board to get your game running, get everything you can get on it now <laughs> and, and become you, a digital hoarder right. when it comes to that. Because yes. if you, if you have a problem and you go to somebody to give you a hand, you call a Brent or a Whitney and if you've got the schematics there to help everybody out, that's going to be to everybody's benefit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's a shame that this stuff disappears over time. You would, you'd think that <laughs> you'd think that the company would do a common courtesy and just keep the site up and keep the collateral up. And then a lot of people say, well, it should be up on archive.org. Archive.org should house everything. And I get, I, I get the, the thought process behind that. But if you don't be your own best friend in some of these scenarios, you can't, you can't go and find like device drivers for older computers easily enough. If some of it may be on archive.org, some of it, no, 
What I do, I keep device drivers for hardware that's 10, 15 years old in case I ever have to dig it back out again. Yep. You know, it's just it, it's just the moral of the story. You've got to be your own best friend when it comes to this you, stuff. Talking about just supportability, there's actually a link down here in the show notes, Whitney, and it didn't it didn't come out highlighted, by the way. It's the second to last line there. I don't want you to miss that. When I was dealing with the sound thing, I knew which sound numbers in the in sound test were, oh, were yeah. dead. Yeah, I see, I see And about. on a wag, I thought, I wonder if somebody else has run into this before I get out the schematics and track down what this, how the sound works. Because even at that point, I didn't know about these two sound channel things. I hadn't had to troubleshoot one like yeah, this. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I was going to pull out the schematics and say, how does the sound work? Mm-hmm. Can I figure out why I've only got I've got these sounds, but not those sounds. And I would have eventually figured out, oh, I've got two ways to make sound. It's got to be one of these two. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't, I don't have anything in the manual that I could tell that tells me this sound is generated this way and that sound isn't. So, but I would then be able to pull a scope out and check it. Yeah. And then once I narrowed it down, I did, I pulled out a scope and I looked at that, I looked at that dock and sure enough, my output was dead (laughs) before I, cause it's, it's a bit of an adventure to pull these boards in and out. Yeah. So, but it was dead. My inputs were, you know, my input, I wanted to make sure my input was alive and my output was dead on that dock. And it was, that was the case, but sure enough, you know, PinWiki, there's a link here, uh, in our show notes and it, it literally, it literally spells out, uh, how that mixing works. And it gives as an example, uh, high, I almost said fire par, high speed. <laughs> and uh, I think it was PinBot, And sure enough, the example stated just happened to be my problem and it told me it led me okay. right right there so yeah. it shortcutted me you know it could have the, the, whoever wrote that to explain it could have explained it as the inverse they you know my case i was missing i where's my note here i was missing sound one three and five they could have written it as well you're missing sound two four and six and explained it via the other channel, yeah. how the system worked. I, I got lucky here, basically. Yeah. But yeah. again, I may have been able to back into that just reading the articles because the factory stuff is known and explained and documented so many places. Yeah, I, I get it. Anyway, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm it. just happy that they used, at least in that case, the factory type parts. There, there are some surface mounts parts up there in the sound section on that rotten dog. So keep that eye out. I've seen ads on eBay for that same board that said all through hole, totally serviceable. No, there are surface mount parts on that board. I think through all of this, I would have to think long and hard before I went down the rotten dog path, despite everything, despite how they're lauded, it seems by a lot of the pin, a lot of the pinball uh, repair community. But I don't know. I guess in this scenario, the the original boards are the best boards if you can get the original boards or fix the original boards. Yeah. 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 Well, Brent, I tell you what, we're almost here to the end of the show. I just wanted to do just a little bit of, uh, I mean, we've, we've been closing the loop on quite a few items in the show. And I think here for the news, it's, it's proper, proper that we do the same thing. And uh, especially because some of this was just broken as of we record this today. So this is interesting. Last month, we talked about the Pinball Hall of Fame and where Tim Arnold had started a GoFundMe uh, where he was trying to raise $200,000 to help him finish the construction on the new location uh, on the Las Vegas Strip for the Pinball Hall of Fame. Well, he had 
made it up to $130,000 or almost $131,000. And Brent, this, this just happened this morning, literally this morning, um, where a video was posted on YouTube and a, uh, despite the GoFundMe sitting at a, you know, roughly $131,000, um, there is a YouTube channel called not leaving Las Vegas and they hand delivered. I, I watched the video. They hand delivered a $79,000 check. Oh my God. To Tim, Ar- to Tim Arnold and his wife to shore up the remaining funds needed to uh to keep the pinball hall of fame alive and from disappearing due to bankruptcy it was it was a great story i i I don't want to i don't want to spoil the story for anybody who may uh who may want to watch this or or look into it um it was essentially it was essentially a uh you know kind of a a microtransaction uh scenario just kind of bubbled up but this uh, this one gentleman on this YouTube channel really organized the last mile and uh, and delivered that seventy nine thousand dollar check. Oh, so it, I was going to say is was not leaving Las Vegas a nonprofit or something that had to do with preserving things in Vegas? It sounds like that, that's how I understand. But it. It, you said micro. Um, funding or something yeah, mi- microtransactions in and that's how they were describing getting some of the money together but uh, apparently there was one quote-unquote angel uh angel donation that that did it all that, that got that oh, just wow. came in and just did it all so um or did the remainder rather so ultimately uh so that's uh, that that puts him. What was he looking for? Two hundred thousand, and it puts him at two hundred nine. Yeah, yeah, two hundred nine. So, I just want to congratulate Tim and his wife, and and just say that we're glad that the Pinball Hall of Fame will live on. I, that that's the best way to say that. Whether whether you felt like donating to his fundraiser was a good thing or a bad thing or the right thing or a wrong thing, it doesn't really much matter at this point. He's got the money, and we're we're happy that he does, and we're happy that it, it'll live to see another day. Uh, at some point, I will look forward to going out uh, back out to Las Vegas and seeing the new Pinball Hall of Fame. I, I, I hope that it's a spectacle. That's that's the best way I know to say that. And uh, in in other news, and this was this was hilarious, Brent. I saw this, and it's like a new month, a next title tease. Stern posted on their Instagram feed a picture of a jigsaw puzzle as a as a hint for their next title coming and it's, soon. It's amazing to me. It, yeah, Just, and it's it's not a jigsaw puzzle like assembled. It's like a jigsaw puzzle pieces. Yeah, like in a big pile, not yeah. like even laid out flat. And in the majority of what you're seeing is just the bottom. It's just yeah that it's cr- yeah stern. So they're, they're trolling us. I'm gonna yeah. It is. It's it's the slow clap. There's no doubt about I, it. I, that that's pretty good. Yeah, it is. I, I, I'm I'm on board with that. <laughs> I, I will allow it. I will allow. You it. will allow it. I mean, there's a lot of black there, uh, and we don't know if that's it, if that's the color or that's if, true or if that's the bottom of the tile. That's the bottom. You just don't know because you see some yellow, you see some orange, you see some red, you see some pinstriping, a little bit of blue. <laughs> Bob Ross, a little bit of blue. Yeah, a little bit of blue. And then there's just a whole lot of black. And it's like, is that intentional or is that just because it's the underside of the jigsaw? You don't know. You That's just don't know. great. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was noteworthy because when I looked at the picture, I laughed out loud and I'm like, oh, that's classic because that's going to send the pinball internets into a tailspin trying to decipher 
what this picture actually means. Wasn't there a Nintendo Mario Super Mario Puzzle Land or something? Uh, I don't remember if there was. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's a new, it's a, it's a licensed Nintendo. Oh, we yeah. should start that rumor. Oh, well, the, the two big rumors are it's either going to be Mortal Kombat, okay, based upon the color scheme, you know, uh, I, I red, mean, red and orange and yellow and black, and it could be anything. Other people are saying Back it to the Future. Be. I don't, I don't see Back to the Future. No, in that. I mean, it could be. I, I look at the red. Uh, I mean, the, dude, it could be driving Miss Daisy. We, could, we just don't know. It could be with the with the black and the yellow stripes. It could be that that Christian heavy metal band from the eighties, Striper. Oh, Striper. It could, yeah, it could be that's anything. Right. Yeah, it, you're right. It could be anything. What I, what I think though is the most interesting about this, and I, I had to go look it up before I could make this statement. We're only about five weeks out from the release of Led Zeppelin, and then they're already trolling us for oh. the next title. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I mean, I mean, Bally, or I guess Tally Ho for them, rather, and uh, it's it's just it's nuts the the release cycle that they're looking at. I mean, it's good. It's it's you know crazy 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 nuts kind of good, I guess. But I just thought that was just so wild, so wild that we see that. My my own internet is failing me here. I don't know why I have like such a terrible connection on, at my own home. <laughs> oh, I know why. I am connected to the Wi-Fi hotspot in my garage. Oh, well, that would, <laughs> which is yeah. which is attached to the house. Yeah, that would be why. That I, would apparently, be why. apparently, I had joined this laptop to it for some reason at it's, some point at in time. At some point in time, yeah, uh, yeah. I was trying to find. I thought there was a Super Mario Puzzle Land or something video game. Okay, but any, gotcha. any, anyway, I, yeah, I'm not aware of it. If so, but it wouldn't surprise me if if there is. So. Uh, and then real quick, before we before we sign out, I did want to give a shout out to uh, to some folks on Twitter, uh, namely Porchy and Mike Martin. Uh, and Porchy won the internet for the day with his comment. Brent, you'll, you're going to love this. And I wanted to call this out, number one, because Porchy's such a great friend and he's such a solid guy. But number two, he summed up the whole, the, the, the whole feeling of Bob Ross. He summed up in one tweet. Okay. Okay. So after I posted the the number ninety six paint by numbers, uh, and of course that that the 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 badge for that episode was Bob Ross because we talked so much about Bob Ross there. Porchy replied to that tweet and he said, "Everyone should watch Bob Ross. Scientifically proven to make you a better human." <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> and Porchy, <laughs> you win it, buddy, because that is spot on. So, and then Mike Martin said, Hey, it, now I have something to listen to during an arcade party. Thank you guys. So Mike, <laughs> we're glad we could, uh, glad we could satisfy there, but Porchy buddy, you, you got it. So I guess with that, Brent, that's all the news that's fit to talk and, uh, Number I had to look. Number ninety seven <laughs> comes to a wrap. <laughs> we we just okay yeah we've we've determined February twenty February twenty twenty one episode ninety seven ninety seven okay, right. we know that you know what I need uh, the pan the pandemic and quarantine is messing. I, with I'm this thinking man. about another. I'm thinking about I've, see I've got the dry erase board over here. It's got the art on it. My you, niece you need wrote to write up. this down. But, but I'm thinking of another podcast specific dry erase board where we have these the up to date facts that we need to keep in uh, in touch with, which is the date. In the episode number. In the number. episode number. Yeah, in the episode number. <laughs> yes. And our names. Yes, yeah, 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 okay, yeah yes. Exactly. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So with that, we'll bring... 
I had to look again. Episode number 97 <laughs> to a close. And we want to say thank you, everybody, for listening. No, I, really, Brent, I knew that. I just I just did that for comic value there. It was worth it. It was worth it, though. We bring number uh, 97 to a close. We thank everybody for listening. Thank you for spending your time with us. Uh, we want to say wherever you are in the world, we hope you stay safe, stay healthy. And until next month, keep your quarters clean and game on. Congratulations, you made it to the end of another episode of the Broken Token Podcast. I promise they'll do better next time. Maybe next episode, they'll actually listen to me for a change. Just go easy on the guys. They don't have a lot to work with, but I know their moms would be so proud. We want to hear your feedback, comments, rants, raves, and otherwise, both good and bad. Drop us a line via email at podcast at brokentoken.com. You can also call us at 470-2-CALL-BT. That's 470-222-5528. And leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you, and we might play your message on air in the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broken Token and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Broken Token. Britt and Whitney are always posting content between the official episodes, and it's a great way to stay involved with the show between the shows. You can find our podcast on the iTunes store and on Stitcher Radio. Just search for Broken Token and subscribe to the show. Like what you hear? Please consider leaving us a review on the iTunes store and on our Stitcher Radio page as the reviews help out the show. Please visit our website at brokentoken.com for articles, reviews, restoration logs, direct show downloads, and expanded show notes for this and every episode. Once again, thanks for listening. The Broken Token Podcast would like to thank the only person on staff who has actual vocal talent, Miss Christy Letzi. And that's me. <laughs> music for the Broken Token Podcast is graciously provided by Mr. Scott Denisi. For more information about his music and the projects that he works on, visit his website at www.scottdenisi.com. Go Team Fiero. I think we have an, uh, <laughs> say that again. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Did it sound the same? It sounded exactly the same. I think after what I now I can hear that bottle. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's all right. I probably coughed 18 times. I know I have. <laughs>